Hey guys, Cody here. I just wanted to hop on and talk to you guys about something that's been happening with the podcast recently. I've been noticing a lot of small blips, coughs, pauses, things of that nature that usually we leave in. Uh, but we're going to start changing it up with our editing. We're going to start cleaning it up. We're going to start dissecting into it a bit deeper. Uh, but right now, simply, we just don't have the availability to do so before this episode is released that's why it was a day late but that is why i came on here to talk to you guys about it now this is something that will change from here on out so please bear with us we are obviously going through a big change so things will be a little bit different things will sound different things are going to be simply just different but this episode is fucking awesome i really hope you guys enjoy and now for the episode Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 73. So we got a, you know, another local guy on today, and um, a lot of you probably know him if you are from New England. Uh, he's pretty hard to miss. He drives a massive blue JK on 43s. Do you still drive it on the street, or is it... Yeah, you do, right? Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I it doesn't get trailered to and from the trails. I, respectable. Oh, um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So Your if you didn't already guess, best friend. yeah. If you didn't already guess, it's Dave Linehan. Um, he's local guy. Uh, you're part of Rockaholics. You've been in the scene for as far as I know, as long as I've been been around. I've I feel like I've known your Jeep. Um, so it's it's actually, I don't know if I've ever picked your brain about you know, how you got into the sport in general and into Jeeps, whether it was, uh, has, I guess we'll start with, has Sully always been your Jeep or have you had other Jeeps prior Quick to thing. this one? You know, Graham's excited when he completely forgets to introduce me, Luke and Richie, just to <laughs> hi, we're here too, in case anybody forgot about us, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're just, nobody uh, cares about you. We're uh, just the four <laughs> hobos that make this thing run. Well, you guys are here, Graham and I are our own little private chat oh, yeah, room. yeah. I got him on, I got him over on the side on AOL. <laughs> <laughs> we're going old school hey, here. So, so technically... This is my first Wrangler I've ever owned. Okay. Bought it new with 14 miles on it in April of 2014. Previous to that, I had a Forerunner, I had a Land Cruiser, uh, but when I had those, I lived in a part of the country that you know you went two tracking. There was no rocks, there was no nothing. Mm -hmm. You drove on the you know you drove on sand, you drove on sand dunes, you drove through fields. And with regard to getting in the scene, I can recall probably sometime in 2015 when, you know, my Jeep was a total badass, right? On 35-inch pizza cutters, uh, you know, about seven fog lights hanging off the front, probably a roof rack. And I went with a crowd as a passenger up to LMFT in New Hampshire. And at that moment, I knew... I'm like, okay, this is what I want. I want rock crawling. Um, and LMFT, isn't that little Mondock family trail system? Yes, and that shortly after 2015, and it's one of those trail systems that there's, pro and I'm exaggerating, there's probably 100 owners that are involved in owning the property, and at some point in time, they just got tired of people barrel-assing through there 
and shut the gates. Oh, wow. So now it's sort of like the other side of Carnage Hill, which is a property that's still open. Yep. But the LMFT trails themselves are not open. Huh. Well, that's that's sad. Were they? What kind of trails were they? Were they like a similar to uh, Field and Forest? Or were they more of like a Badlands? What kind of style of trails? It was probably more like um, a Ma Bell that you could spend some time at. Okay. Okay. You know, um, so some good climbs, some good, some good, uh, some good vertical stuff, some nice off camber stuff. But probably you could be out there for four or five hours. Wow. Yeah, if I remember like right, wasn't it um, also fairly long? It's like some of the smaller sections of the Hatfield and McCoy trails uh, that we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, there's also it's it's also very. I mean, I guess it would also be like a brook ridge. You know, there's some tight turns. There's some some stuff in the trees, but it was a good, it was certainly a good introductory trail, but you guys, I'm probably preaching to the choir here, right? What we all did in 2015 or 2016 on 35, you can't do anymore. Correct. Unless you're Cody. <laughs> hey, but. I'm just trying my best, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that alternator tied in there. Not, <laughs> you know what, though? I want to just step back a little bit and say that as far as all the stages I've ever had with any vehicle, there is something about a locked, locked, uh, one hundred inch wheelbase vehicle, maybe like a hundred and two inch wheelbase vehicle, that it just it's special to me because whenever my Cherokees were there, I was always just blasting through stuff, and I never took it all ever seriously. It was always just fun. Like you just described my wife's Jeep. <laughs> and that's currently my jeep so i i can definitely see where you're coming from because it i understand for a fact of like it's you feel like you don't really have that much skin in the game like you built this rig up and obviously i'm not talking about specifically dave's wife i'm just talking about my current situation where it's like i maybe have 4500 bucks into this shit box i was 14 buying a 3500 jeep or not jeep a uh, dirt bike like it, it's yeah that's i don't know as you it's fun. It's just simple fun, and obviously, I'm definitely more committed now and willing to, you know, so. get into it more. The wall is not there yet. That thing's still slim as shit, but and I don't think that will ever change. Um, but I definitely see what you mean. Once you once you start buying fucking eight hundred dollars a tire tires and running through them in a season, it's like okay, this is slowly becoming a little less fun, but it's still fun. Oh no, it's still fun. <laughs> It just it's also the worst little. addiction I've ever had. Yeah, believe <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> booze. Eh, that's for amateurs. <laughs> Buy it cheap. You want to see what an addiction really is? Yeah. I think the the reason why it's so addicting too is because you can literally see the next step that you need to do the next hardest trail. Because it's yeah. like you can you can talk to the right people, you can drive more, but it's like fuck. If I just you know if I do a rear four link if I change up to coilovers or do XYZ, get a suck down. If I like any of that shit, you just be like, why can't I do that trail? Or fuck, or even like uh, on the lower end of the scale, lockers. When you try to go up a trail and you get absolutely denied, but some asshole with 31s open o or locked front and rear yep. walks right up it, it's like, well, there goes $600. I'm buying lockers. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Um, 
This is going to sound kind of stupid, but one of my biggest regrets on the Jeep that I was building right when you were getting into this, I don't know if you ever saw it, but my ZJ, um, I should have put the high pinion 30 and the 8.8 in it instead of going to the 50 and 10.5. Was that uh, basically just a cage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember cage. that Jeep. Um, I remember that ZJ. <laughs> it's hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, it was yellow. very hard to miss. It um, was a rolly guy sore. It was, but the reason I say that is, if I had done that with that Jeep, it probably would still exist today. But do and you feel that your addiction would have grown to where it is now if you had made that choice, if you hadn't I, done the wrong thing to make yourself better. I do. And the reason that I say that is because I would have been able to have ironed out all those little kinks. A chopped up rig, it didn't, like, they just weren't easy to track down. Like, my electrical problems, I could have figured those out while it was on 35s. If I had just done the 30 and 88 in a simple hybrid cage with, like, some nice seats in it, I would have been driving that thing everywhere. It was a hoot to drive when it was together. Um, and then when I cut it up, yeah, I got some really cool parts out of it. And like, I made something that was almost cool, but it was forever and will always be almost cool. And that actually segues me into, uh, you know, a question I've got for Dave about his rig is all the Rockaholics guys are basically full buggy and you still have a full body. Yep. Can we, can we let him introduce himself first? Nah, don't worry about it. All right, all right, fuck it then. What we sort of introduction do you want him to do? I don't know. Well, I mean, he kind of derailed into... after yeah, we got him get into it. He all was right. at thirty fives. Now he's on forty threes. All of a sudden, come on, like, well, give I mean, us a I... little bit of the juice. Give us a little, you know, give us a little song. All right, fun. let's let's talk about the Jeep first, and then we'll talk about why it's not a buggy. Uh, right. uh, just give us the rundown on on what you've done with it, and uh... let's let's start with why it's not a buggy. All right, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> are you like Mike Craig level idiot or like you know Timmy level idiot what was the second word Timmy yeah yeah, yeah Timmy uh, definitely not a Mike Craig type of idiot okay. although right. I just trumped Mike Craig I just signed up for another five years of payments on my Jeep uh, okay wow. well it's not back half yet so at least you know you're, you're, it's still a streetable rig yeah, so, hey, my bank, my bank thinks it's you know stock and worth twenty five grand. Perfect. If they want to loan me twenty grand on it, sight unseen, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> but so, you know, the the reason it's not a buggy is truly idiocy. The amount of money that we've spent, my wife and I, on axles, we both could have buggies. Oh. We both could have sweet jeeps on thirty fives. And we could have a tow pig and a 35 foot trailer. But no, instead we have JKs on 40s and 43s. Yeah. At least you own it. But on the yeah. other hand. Well, not anymore. I signed up for five more years of payments. <laughs> Touche. But, you know, um, I meant the owning the JK people because, like, I'm an XJ guy and I wouldn't admit to that, even though I wouldn't mind having a JK on 37s. Yeah. So, I mean, along the way, literally my Jeep's been done five times, right? As a yeah, it's a, it's a really brutal curse. It is. So I thought I was on something like, I went from 
I went from, you know, going to the beach and having the, t- the top off and cruising around on 35s to like, wow, pizza cutters aren't really cool. But I had some sweet 35, 10 and a half, 17, you know, swampers. Yep. So, you know, kind of cool, but not. <laughs> have a really big soft spot for those tires. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they worked in every condition. And then I think I sold them for $1,000 and the guy put 90,000 more miles on them. Wow. What the Jesus fuck? Christ. You know, they're probably sitting in somebody's, you know, there's probably somebody's tire swing in Western Mass right now. No, they're probably under some XJ right now. Let's be brutally honest here. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So Colin's running them, but whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a tire stub. He only runs those. Uh, oh, this is another good one. <laughs> we'll get into that later. He runs the yeah. MTRs, which I definitely want to talk to you about in a little bit. <laughs> so you know, so again, along the way, it was you know, I was the idiot that didn't listen to what people were saying. <laughs> like they knew that I was going to just not. Too much is never enough, right? Yep. Yeah. So. I got told probably on axle upgrade number two, why don't you just go tons? And I don't own a welder. I don't know how to weld. So I'm like, yeah, great. I can afford the $500 junkyard axles. I can't afford the 15 grand of labor and materials to make them into axles. But I can, but I can afford five grand. So let, why don't we lock and lock my 30 and my 44? So what was the progression? through the axles so i had the stock axle that i went arb lockers front and rear i think we squat we squeezed 30 spline front dana 30 axles in right i think you can do that on a dana 30 sounds right and then after blowing those up a few times specifically the rear ones when i had gone to 37s i bought a really nice dana 44 front Oh boy. That has a three and a half inch diameter tube with half inch wall, 35 spline RCVs, an aux locker. Oh, do you mean bling bling? Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah it was a no, he's not playing around. Apple. Holy shit. Then I bought a Terraflex rear 60 full and converted both of them to full float. The fuck? I think With that this brakes. might be the most money we've ever talked to in axles. <laughs> yeah, so that was like twelve to... grand by the time I got done with those axles. Yep. Fuck, dude. That's, that's about right. Holy fuck. shit! I, I ran that with forties. I remember that. That and... was actually right around when we met you. Yep. To be, to be fair, though, yes, it was a lot of money, but those are really good axles. Like they are. Fair, Though, that's a phenomenal choice. I mean, a, a the crazy part is though that front axle was a DV8 housing. They made like seven. Huh. A DV8. What do you mean by that? The is brand just- DV8. Oh, you know, um, they make like you know bad tire carriers. Oh shit! Yeah, look at that. <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so, somehow they thought they were going to get in the axle game, and I had somebody find it for me. It was a $1,500 housing, which bad. at the time, again, this is this is 2016, right? I mean, certain things have come down in price since then. 
Yeah. Okay. I remember a buddy of mine that was in Rockaholics. He paid twenty five grand for matching sixties. Holy shit! When you when they first hit the market, you could buy done axles. Oh yeah, yeah, like you know? the Currys or any of those. Yeah, yeah they're insane money. That Absolutely. stuff's come down in price, but so I wheeled I wheeled those axles for a bit, uh, and then I I regeared to five thirty eight, and I didn't like it. Really? So I bought forty twos. That's a, that's the natural progression, yeah. Yeah, you got to fix your gearing somehow, and you're not sure as right. about taking the gears out. No, I love that so much because that that like preaches exactly the thing of like buying the buggy before the horse because then it forces you to go and buy the fucking horse to fit the buggy. I love that so fucking much. So, um, so I ended up with forty two MTRs. Forty two MTRs. Yep. Go ahead, Luke. You can since you want to interject. Okay. Um. I do find it interesting, though, with how well that setup held up, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that the front uses the new style 44 gears, like the JK gears, if I remember correctly. So, essentially, you've got a bigger pinion than the old style 44 with more gear engagement, which yeah, it's is a, what it's, kept it alive. It's a massive 44, and if we stick on that axle for a minute, before we segue to me going to 43s... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So about three years ago now, and there's a few things going on along the way. Um, along the way, I got diagnosed with cancer. Along the way, I had, you know, a, bu a bunch of shit happen, literally. Yep. And because I'm an idiot, it was kind of proven to me that I really should have junkyard tons. So three years ago, I got a 60 front and a 10 and a half rear. And those axles that I had under my JKU have been living happily under my wife's JK for three years on 40s. And she's running them on what? Terra or yeah, Terra grapplers. So uh, no. So we, so here's the other funny part. The only reason that we did the swap is because somehow when we were looking for tires, like, that's you know, right. That's right. She pick had one the, of the uh, big tire companies. Pick one of the four-wheel parts or something. We got five Pro Comp mud terrains for $1,700 delivered. Wow. Um, really, Jeez. really cool little fact about those, but those are actually made by Maxxis, and they are the same compound as the Trep Radial and the Razor. They are a very good – well, you know, when you balance cost – yeah. On road, off road, yeah. you know, etc. Like we've got three years, probably forty five thousand road miles, plenty of trips to field and forest, and we're getting ready to hop in it and drive to Daytona this April. Wow! But, but along the way, my Jeep, I had the MTRs probably for three plus years, and I'm one of those guys that all of a sudden started having blowouts randomly. Is a bad. No, batch. you just got bad batches. I believe I did <laughs> we, because they were all made within a two-week period in 2017. They must have been the same batch as uh, Collinson, probably. <laughs> so, so you're the reason I I make so much I. I give MTRs so much shit. Every time Colin tries to tout up his MTRs or anything happens to him, I'm like, oh, this is a bad batch, right? Oh, man. they <laughs> like. So, on the flip side, Goodyear was good to me. I got three replacement tires at 50% cost. 
Wow. Yeah, it's not too bad. But then, but... But then COVID-19 hit, and believe it or not, 42s were non-essential. Who would have thought? Weird. Weird. I, I thought they were essential. <clears throat> and also, if you guys don't know this, Goodyear bought Mickey Thompson. Really? I did not know that. Yep. They bought Cooper, and Cooper owned Mickey Thompson. I did know that they bought Cooper. I did not know that they bought, or that Mickey Thompson was part of Cooper. It was part of Cooper. So, so, that's so now all those tires potentially a bad batch of tires? Who knows? Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll see, because I got the 43-inch Mickeys now. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I'll hear if you have a blowout on them. Uh, it's yes, it's good to know that you had problems getting uh, MTRs as well during that time, because I, I remember that's exactly when I was bumping up to 35s. And I was looking to get a set of MTRs, but there was just nothing available. Like literally yeah. across the whole country, you could not get a, a new set of 35s. Yeah, basically Goodyear's like we'll make Dura tracks, and that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> that. That explains. By it. the way, those are phenomenal truck tires. They really are. I never. They I've really never... are. So they're great so along the way. This will sound a bit self-serving. But there's not much I haven't tried in a JK and keep it attainable, right? Like I I use I use Keith at Ratchets for 99% of my work, and it's finally clicked in his head that I'm never going to coilovers because I want to be that jerk <laughs> that you know has 15 inch travel shocks on springs. Man, <laughs> coilovers are the way. But why? Exactly. Why coilovers? What do your coilovers do that my springs and shocks can't? Package in the back of an XJ happily and allow for exponentially easier shock tuning. Not You've even got a that, point, though. You can get better. You can get better suspension geometry based off that your your coil and your shock are under the same radius. Where like unless you have it perfectly matched and perfectly fabricated, so that way your shock and coil are doing the exact same thing, you just won't get that great spring like that's ride quality or my, flex quality or anything like that my springs on seat anyway so what's the difference and that right there is yet another great point about coilovers <laughs> yes i'm a limit yes. straps you can limit strap it and i have that happen yeah, so i don't want to count that one i i actually i ripped out a rear shock at field and forest because i overextended everything i i looked at my jeep i'm like what is going on so the rear shock got ripped out the spring jumped out but landed <laughs> in the bump stop so my spring was in but it looked like an s <laughs> so i had to so i had to go forward go backwards go forward go backwards to get it to fall all the way out took a ball peen hammer straightened out the bar pin put the shock back in and kept wheeling can't beat that Jeez. you'll spend money on well, everything but coilovers yeah well and again <laughs> for me it's not I had a great deal on some coilovers. Somebody had purchased coilovers that were too big for their Jeep, and I was going to get the special hand-me-down price. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't weld. Yeah, fair That's enough. Fair. That's fair. You know, and I can't fault you on that because, so like, the, the $4,000 for coilovers was not the problem. Yep. Yeah. It was the 100 hours of fabrication that it was going to take. That's that's not cheap. That, and I'm probably I, exaggerating on the hundred hours, but you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, you're it's, looking at twenty twenty five hours right there, though. Like if you wanted to do a nice set of hoops fully tied in, right? Re, you know, 
Frenching in the frame, putting in shock towers, doing yeah, the and then, right, like anybody with a JK. So let me back up a step and say, what I'm really against is bolt-in coilover kits. Okay. Ooh, those are weird on JKs. Right? Oh. Like, why? Why bother? Why bother? It, it freaks me out, especially because they just go to the shock mount holes, right? Is yeah. That- that is so it freaks me out, especially because it's like a shock is not the mounting brackets or the shock itself or anything in that like caliber is not designed to hold the full weight of a vehicle. So now you're gonna Correct. make it. I don't know. That yeah, scares me. So at the end of the day, I like being that guy that you know doesn't spend fifteen hundred dollars on super expensive metal cloak shocks. Doesn't pay fifteen hundred bucks per corner. For coilovers, I literally have six hundred dollars wrapped up in springs and shocks. Yeah, speaking I, of there, that's nothing wrong with that. But I have six hundred dollars per tire. Yeah, but the money money right right now, nothing wrong. Yup, that's exactly. On the other hand, though, like I couldn't see myself linking my XJ and not going with coilovers. Just right. the story, yeah, but that's that's a packaging. But thing. Luke, you started with a four hundred dollar yeah. XJ. I started with a $35,000 JK. Yeah, well, no one here said that either of us was very smart. <laughs> well, correct. Between you and I, there's both of us. Wait, what? Uh, there might be one brain cell between the two of us. Just yeah. the opposite ends. Now, what kind of control arm setup are you running that your stock suspension style still works for you? So, believe it or not, just up until I broke something last year... It was on a metal cloak long arm front and a metal cloak mid arm rear with a drop bracket. Wow. And is now, that radius arms or is that like a full three link in the front and a four, four link, link rear? Front. Four link front long arm front. Wow. Okay. Holy um, shit. Another thing to keep in mind, Cody, is that the JK control arms are about seven inches longer than the XJ control arms. So. Wait, You've wait, got... wait, wait. Hold on. You're telling me that it was based off of the stock suspension, meaning it was like a five link, meaning it had a track bar and yeah. the, the holy shit, and you were getting that amount of flex? Yeah. Yeah. What the f- what? They're just How? built different. They're designed so, way better than our so you have the picture? So Cody, do you have the picture that I sent Luke? Have you seen that picture? Yes. If it's well, which one there's been a the few one in the snow? Yes. Yes. That's stock metal cloak long arm kit. Wow. Holy shit. Yep, that that's mind blowing, and I mean I get it. And Graham's Graham's totally right. It does make sense because obviously it's not a nineteen or two thousand and one Cherokee. It's a it's a newer JKU, correct? Yeah, JKU. Yeah. Okay, said to double check the picture really quick. I mean I get it, and obviously they have gone so far because you drive a TJ and then you drive a JK. It's a world world of difference. Yeah. So I but can so last year. Up here, there's a kid that I know that um, has be perfect for you guys. Way like way more toys than brains. Uh, just picked up a five ton, you know. So that's the kind of doesn't really have a house to live in, but has a five ton that he drives around town. That's it. That's all you right? need. The five ton so, is the house. The, the five got, ton can pull any house he chooses to steal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially if it's a single wide. Mm. Yeah, so, which is what he owns. But all that aside, I take offense to that. <laughs> I pulled, 
I went to his house to pull somebody out of the mud because somebody got stuck and nobody could pull him out. Well, I broke a upper control arm mount in his mud. So we three linked it. That's the, I mean, you were basically already did. Yeah. Right. Free three link. Right. And I totally exjated. I freaking zip tied it back into the mount and drove it home. Yep. You know, you only need three arms to drive. Yeah. The fourth one's really just for, uh, it's for comfort. But now this coming spring, hopefully when we are either in Florida or when we get back from Florida, I'm going to upper triangulate the rear and kind of go long arm rear and get rid of the track bar in the back. Yeah, I think that'll do you some good. I mean, not that you really need it. The thing already flexes like crazy. But, but the only also thing... for, you know, I again, I want to be that jerk that hops in it and drives to Roush, mm-hmm. wheels all day and drives it home. That's great. I will Very say right. that the four link is, oh, it's money. Timmy helped me set up mine, and it's just... It's wild, dude. It is such a trip because I, after grotesque amounts of bullying from IB Jeeping on the podcast and off the podcast, finally fixed my Jeep and have been driving it. And now that I'm getting the quirks of driving it on the road, it drives really nice. But off-road, it's just wild the amount of difference that you can feel in it like we were bombing up and down harlan at 40 miles an hour my front end couldn't keep up but he's already got coils in the rear so it probably won't be nearly as much of a difference for him as it was for you with your leaf springs that i don't want to give you too much shit but they definitely were not set up correctly Uh, i don't know what was wrong with them but they did not flex they didn't do anything uh, first of all, they were like a stupid bastard pack out of whatever leaf springs I had laying around at the shop. Because if yeah. you think I'm spending $150 per leaf spring, you're smoking crack. Well, yeah, that's $900 worth of coilovers. Okay. I literally got m- my two leaf springs for $150, Luke. Per, per leaf spring. Yeah, that no, was per. Total. No, that was per. No, I had the receipt at the shop. <laughs> the hundred, the leaf springs and the two um, bushing kits came out to like two ten. Either way, besides the in? point. You think I'm spending yeah. two hundred ten bucks on leaf springs? You're smoking crack. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get that. But the difference in the geometry, like. I keep harping on this, but geometry makes the suspension. The coils and the shocks help it, but the geometry really, really plays into it. And that's the difference between, I I noticed the difference between going in a quote-unquote bolt-in mass-produced kit to a manufactured three-link. Yeah. You know, Um, where somebody plugged it into the computer and said, oh, here's where the, the upper arm should be. Here's the length that needs to be. Here's how you tuck it into the, you know, here's the, here's the, sorry, my brain just got lost for a second, but like, you know, here's the cross member and yeah. how it has to be in the cross member and the length that needs to be and the location centered. And, you know, when you do yeah. all that math, you know, now it's, it's funny the way that the front end moves under acceleration and under braking is almost opposite. Like, it doesn't yeah. dive under braking. It doesn't lift under acceleration. 
Um, and like for my Jeep, I was running clapped out Rubicon Express coils with I think Monroe. Uh, F-150 shocks up front on hey, 35s. You be, be nice. That's what I currently have, okay? So you watch your tongue, sir. Jeez. And, you know, it was a cheap setup, but I tell you what, when it was on 35s and even on one tons, I was running the same setup forever, and my front end always worked until you do get certain quirks. Like, my front end wouldn't unload, and then... When you hit a certain point, it will unload. It's very, very controllable. It's just, you know. Yeah. But those are those are the things we all get to learn our vehicles, right? Like, I, yeah. I can drive mine a certain way, and I know literally the tipping point. Yep. Yep. You know? And other people would be like, you got that school bus through there? How'd you do that? <laughs> But it's just, you know, I've literally been doing this now with that vehicle since 2016. And yeah. uh, also, I'm that weirdo that loves driving a stick in the woods. Hi, you're a with fellow company. Yeah. Like, I love being able to control what I'm doing and not have to tap the brakes, literally. Like, I've seen way too many people go over backwards by tapping yeah. the brakes mm -hmm. or go over forwards by tapping the brakes. And, and that also, that does play a massive part. Like the reason that it matters too, is because of the, the level of wheeling that you are used to and the people that you hang out with the level of wheeling that they're doing, yeah. like you can take into consideration cricket crickets, an automatic rig, but it's his style choice. So like, and he always like, I, we spoke to him about it when we were up at badlands and he swore by it. He's like, I absolutely yeah. love it. You know, I can choose X, Y, Z. And it makes sense because of how he explained it, and it also makes it make sense to what you're saying. But it does take that little bit of extra driver skill to be able to do it. So, but if I was doing, if I were doing some of the very technical wheeling, I think I'd want to be in an automatic. There are certain benefits, but if I was building a buggy, a... I would be in an automatic. If it's a full-bodied XJ. It's going to be a manual. Yeah, just uh, that's how it works in my mind. Yeah, um, so right, like, well, we all have these images, right? Like to me, Jeeps have round headlights. They have certain, sh you know, they have certain tail lights. They have a certain shape, and they have a manual transmission. That is fair. That is you know, fair. That's how, like, <laughs> like if you drove a Harley, right? You have an Wait, image of what on. a Harley looks like. You call what? it? You call it our Jeeps, not Jeeps. We ain't got round headlights, Mister. God, this a guy. Wrangler. A Wrangler <laughs> has certain headlights. Now, if there's any, ex if there's, excuse me, if there's any freaking, you know, Yahoo's. Wear a headlight Wrangler folks out there, sorry. Uh, oh, the YJ's having a comeback. I keep seeing more and more Huge people comeback. building them up. It's crazy. Huge Dude, comeback. Are, I don't know what happened, but the bottom fell out on them down here. They are cheaper than XJ's now. Don't That's get me why. one. I want one to uh, do a WOD setup on. Give me, give yeah. me. <laughs> so, you know, it's okay. been a hell of a ride, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, and you guys know this. It's What I found is the it's not just the wheeling, it's the people, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's the camping, it's the hanging out, it's the camaraderie, it's the something happens, right? You you have something go wrong in your life, and you, you have you have a hundred built-in people 
that 99 of them are there to bust your balls, but it's, you know, the one that helps you out is the one that really matters. And without owning that Jeep, I might not have never met them. And I I find like the Jeep communities, like the Harley community, right? You you take care of your own. Yeah. I mean, I don't think necessarily the Jeep community, but I'd say the off-road community. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, 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 drug of choice to get into that community was a jeep <laughs> yeah on that note i really um i prefer the off-road community to the jeep community because we were talking about it before but there's a lot of people in the jeep community that i want nothing to do with sure. whereas the guy that's banging limiter in a toyota i'm like totally cool to hang out with him and he's probably gonna have a funny story while we're burning one by right. the campfire exactly uh, Right, and the the picture I sent you, Luke, of four tires lit up while I was at uh, up in Vermont. Yeah, you know, like not most people aren't doing that with their JKU. Yeah, that's no, they aren't off road buffoonery that we're. I yeah. think all of us are about, and that's you like know, those, those are the things. And and for me, you know, it's it's been it's been people that I never would have met. It's to me, it doesn't matter if you're driving a clapped out XJ or you're driving something, you know, it doesn't matter to me. We're all doing the same thing. We're all enjoying the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's you just, can be Luke and you're still going to love him. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, none of us are going to his expertise. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he is such a higher level of, uh, I don't know what you want to say. The quintessential, uh, wheeler, I guess you could say like his rigs are always, Perfect, if you will. My no, dad would have called them not. the fast <laughs> lap wagons. Yeah. <laughs> so you just called your rigs perfect, Luke. There's literally no, no issue. Dude, I, was, I was talking about Capalto's. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, 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 I was yeah, like, yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? No, I was talking about Capalto's rigs. How they're they're always like held to a higher standard than most people put themselves through. He I built do. some beautiful rigs. Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, even when he was doing JK stuff. Yep. You know, some of the JKs that he built are still out there on the trails and people are beating the bag out of them every weekend. That's like JK. Yep. He's a perfect example of, you know, where the sport has gone with regard to stock bodied vehicles. Yep. Right? If you really if you really want to have some fun, get rid of the body panels. Yeah. Or, or they'll they'll take themselves off in the process. One of yeah. them, <laughs> right? I'll just put right. Yeah. Um. Yep. This I have a kind of a weird like oh, I was gonna say reach around, but that felt awkward coming out of my head. Oh, I'm down. Um, we're you know we're kind of <laughs> weird reach around back to where you mentioned how the LMF ATB judo trail, whatever the fuck you guys called it, uh, was like your your insight into wheeling, and then you've also discussed that you're not necessarily into technical uh, rock crawling. What is your preferred style? Are you do you like the do or die climbs? Do you like the large, massive rocks that you have to try not to fall in? What's kind of your style? So, for me, my perfect weekend is running every black trail at Field and Forest. That's a damn good answer. And normally, so I've gone there. There's been some opportunities as, you know, and you guys know, right? You become part of a club and sometimes things open up to you. Yep. So we've done some winter wheeling there privately and, oh. you know, brought some, brought some people there. 
you know, we did some blue trails last winter that basically became a winching 101 course. <laughs> but it was a great opportunity to pass on to others what was passed on to me. Yep. That's awesome. And then typically when I'm there, so if I go for a fall crawl, if we go for wheeling for warriors, you know, I'm always lining up to be, you need somebody to lead or you need somebody to gun. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. You know, it's, it's to me, right? So LMFT was somebody opening the door for me, showing me what this sport is, right? It's, it's the most adrenaline you can have at two miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Then I want to do the same for others and show them like, look what these things are capable of and look what you can do with them. But you for know, me, I want to, I want to wheel stuff that absolutely pushes the limits of me because my vehicle is way better than me. Yeah. It pushes my comfort level. How tippy do I want to get? How vertical do I want to get? You know, for whatever reason, I don't mind being off camber as long as driver side is up. See, I'm the opposite. I want to be down. It's, it's weird. I hate going up because I feel, I don't know, it just it throws me off. Yeah, you know I feel like I, I can feel it. I feel like literally in the seat of the pants, I can feel what's going on. Then people are like, wait a minute. The way your motor turns, it torques that way. So you give her gas, you're going over. <laughs> right? You know what you I go, really hate? I hate when you get the nose down. And it's down to the uh, passenger side because I always feel like that's going to be the longest trajectory yeah. for it to go over. So you got the most time for that thing to like. Yeah, I had actually... that. I did something really stupid at Gremlins Graveyard three, four years ago. I did it on purpose, which is my own fault. God. There was some stupid little rock pile that you normally don't go one way, you go the other. Mm hmm. So I went up the one way and I'm like, oh, I, I know this. There's a huge hole here on the left. I'll drive into it going downhill. Oh, and yeah. all you saw was left rear go skyward. Oh, boy. But again, having driven enough, it wasn't a tap the brakes moment. It was keep going forward moment. Yep. So that's the if you stop with that tire in the hole, you're yep. going. Yep. And that's the one thing that made me more comfortable with downhills was actually seeing how to get out of it and how like not necessarily simple but understanding that like throttling through or even just letting off the brake can save you from flipping over end over end yeah. with most downhill situations so that's something that gave me kind of a sense of comfort was like yeah. just or like when we were down at Rouch, one of our friends who has a full air shock rig was going down the hill very he was he was hesitant he was uncomfortable and i could tell that and as he actually no it wasn't it was mark and he has coilovers pardon me i was thinking of uh miguel but anyways he was coming down and he gets he got to a point where the whole rear of the rig started to unload and i'm just like hey just let off and follow through and just next second oh that's right, right. he hit, hit that hole yep yeah and to, and i get your point a hundred percent luke because you're right that is a very very long time of just being on it, like without any control you're just going for the fucking ride yep but i guess that little sense of just like that might might be okay of just being like you're already in gear your foot's already on the throttle or near the throttle fucking tap that song bitch and yeah. get her out of there well that's and yeah. like 
the, the thing other- is the other thing, right? Like we all have semi-built rigs, right? It doesn't matter where we are, but by the time you take five thirty-eights, a six-speed manual, and a four-to-one transfer case, like it's doing all the braking it needs to on its own. I'm an idiot if I touch the brakes. That's where I was going with that. Is I'm an idiot if I put the clutch in. Yeah, Cody's got uh, a uh, got the auto, so he doesn't know. But downhills with an auto or with an auto are way sketchier than downhills with a manual. You can control everything you want. But there have been a couple of times where, like, the manual has been holding it back as I've been dropping into uh, something, and that's one of the really nice parts about the manual though is like if you're going up something and you got to get out of it you can just get in the clutch and get in the brake or if you're yeah, going you can down feather it and you go a little bit faster you still have that yep. control you're never going to be you know locking the brakes up because you're not on the brakes you're on the clutch and granted yep. i mean that has its own host of issues you shouldn't really be riding your clutch too much going down a hill because then yeah, right. i can see that going yeah. bad too but well, uh and speaking of that to interject i got a hundred and 11,000 miles on a stock JK clutch. Wow. Yeah. What do, what do they run for a stock clutch? Are these the same, uh, or not, probably not exactly the same, but a, uh, is that a Luke? Yeah, it's a 10 5 lock. Okay. Yeah. Is it? How the fuck do you know yeah. that? I had one. Oh, fuck, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've only heard good things about that specific brand, and I, I've. Um, I ran some shitty power torque O'Reilly's ones, and I'm finally going back to a uh, Ram, heavy duty. I've had one. the same clutch since I did my manual swap. My issue is they get oil impregnated because I've had a massive oil leak on my 4.0 for a long ass time, and yeah. then they they start chattering. I don't have a 4.0 long enough for that to happen. Watch out, last 4.0. Yeah. Um, the but to come back to what I was saying though, sometimes it's nice on the downhill when it's engine braking too hard and you don't want it to do that. You could either hit the gas or if you just need a little bit, you can let the clutch slip and yep. it'll take some of the weight off of that rear. For me, I hate it when the rear, um, like I said, light. that rear driver gets light. I don't mind the rear passenger getting light. It's that rear driver that gets to me. And I don't know why that is, but that's me. Um, and, you know, we've covered a lot of stuff, so I want to tie back really quick um, into the thing about getting people into the sport. So a friend of mine down here is, like, looking for another car, and he wants to pick up an XJ, and I'm super excited for that because I can do the same thing I did to Cody. Yeah. And Ricky. You mean, little, yeah. like, hand me the heroin needle that's called a Jeep? Yeah, pretty much. And Luke, I was going to say that. that earlier. Same thing, like, between my wife's JK and my JKU, we've tried nearly everything. Mm-hmm. So there are there are handfuls of people that are willing, like, again, your, your standard run-of-the-mill person that wants to run 37s, I can tell them exactly what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Or even something simple, and I know this is a little off-subject, but I had a friend that wanted a gladiator to run 37s on. He was never going to wheel. So I'm poking through the Jeep site. I'm like, oh my God, you get a sport with max toe, comes with four tens. Boom. And it, like, do that. Yep. Eight speed automatic, four tens, 37s, two and a half inch lift, you're done. 
Yep. And if you add the tuna to them, they're actually really nice. Uh, I used to work at ACI down in Connecticut, and yeah. they, were, they had a little tuner in theirs, and I swear, pinky down the road. And then if you just wanted to get into like get a little faster, just fucking get on throttle, and you were just right back to yep. wherever you wanted it. It was awesome. Yeah, so again, for, for us, having tried and failed so many times gives me the opportunity to try to help people and save them a buck or again, if if I see that they are going to go down the path I'm going to go down, I can say save the money, Not go get it. the junkyard tons. Or and the market, right? Again, if you're not a fabricator, the markets actually come way down. Oh, it has being done at Artac. You know, Artac Barnes. Um, you're going what is totally Moto built? You're going a totally different line of what he was just talking about. He's saying get off the junkyard tons, which you would then buy Artec, you'd oh. then buy Barnes. He's saying going with like a full buy if, the Yeah, I got sorry, you can if, yeah, if you're not a fabricator, right? Like so today, if I, I we can go get junkyard tons for what, a grand, maybe less? Not even five hundred bucks yeah. is what I paid for mine. Yeah. yeah. But now you're gonna be six grand in parts to make them work. Yep. Yeah. Uh Depends. You put lockers in both of them. Yeah, selectable. Yeah, no. selectable. You're you're getting. I, I don't sick. play with welded. But also, right. he's talking then RCVs, and I I, yeah. I see where he's coming from to where it could get that pricey. It can get that pricey. If anybody puts right. RCVs in a Dana sixty, I want their bank account. Um, <laughs> but where I was going with mentioning the RTAC and the Moto Belt and all that is, you can still drop that axle off, especially even like. And I don't mean any offense by this, Dave, but if you're willing to like put in the effort or you're younger and able to actually put in the effort to shave yeah. off all the oh, brackets. Old, on dude, them. what the heck, man? You're only as old as the women you feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, if you shave off all the brackets and stuff yeah. them where they just need to do the cast cut and then weld it on, you can yep. save yourself a ton in labor. And then the kits are so good at this point that you yeah, know it's like a seven piece jigsaw puzzle yeah if you read the instructions especially for the jk's and the tj kits you can literally bolt the freaking thing yep. in and people are starting to make like direct fit steering components for them it's getting wild as to how much yeah the barrier to entry has dropped but again taking that a half a step further for probably twelve grand, I can get bolt-in sixties. That's a lot of money, dude. It is That's like more than my XJ. Yeah, but work. you can bolt them in. There's no work yeah. required. No headache. You no can nothing. Buy them. They show up, and you install them. And you, However, and them and you guys know this. Like we sold Alyssa's Dana thirty, that with a locker in it, and and you know we sold it done 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 for twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, the JK axles go for a lot of money. Yeah. And people sell pairs of Rubicon axles for what four or five grand these days? Easily, yeah. yeah trying to find. Oh, Sorry, God. Uh, yeah. Like, like with my girlfriend's current rig, we we have a Dana forty four, like from a JK. We're trying to find a thirty or a forty four, and just to try to find a shitty housing of a Rubicon forty four is like a easy thousand bucks. Easy. Yeah, and you can buy a new housing that's never been used ever for fifteen when they go on sale. Yep. Yeah. Or you can uh, buy a yeah, junk one that's broken in half and sleeve it because you're going to sleeve it anyways if you're doing a 30. 
uh, yes yeah. chris uh who we had on action fab from a previous podcast was explaining you just buy a junk one that's bent you cut the bend out of it straighten it sleeve it and weld it all up it's the same yeah. shit and you're gonna way cheaper again, jumping around but that's how Alyssa got on the the front axle that i had we had a 30 we went to sleeve it couldn't get the sleeve in yeah, so and like, at that point, you got to pie cut the tube and start getting serious into the modification. And if you're not comfortable with that. Right. It was cheaper for, to find junkyard tons for me and swap my axles to her. Yep. Oh, can't beat uh, that. At the, end, at the end of the day, if you're doing, and I have cheap axle shafts. Like I went and bought the the Ford 1550 axle shafts, right? I think they were 600 bucks for the pair. Yeah. How are, you, how are those holding what, up for you? Fantastic. And that that's what the the greasable u-joint that they have on those by default or did you put a solid one in it's greasable okay cool those that's what i oh, have I on deck so I, i'm just trying to feel out the water here yeah these were i can't remember what vendor i bought them from i had them i actually got them from ford themselves but ford sold me a super duty super 60 set yep yep so the Super Duty Super 60, the short side is longer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that doesn't work, um, does Interesting little side note on that. Um, I was looking into a couple of people who have done some really cool stuff with this on Pirate the other day, and it, this is a total tangent, so <laughs> feel free to shut Buckle me down up. as we go. <laughs> but um, what they Who's were the doing is... <laughs> No, no, unfortunately you can't. You have to actually be here in person and a good whack upside the head normally does it. But you? Morgan. Yeah, you could yell at her. I mean, I could just do that too. I mean, hey, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Where do you Michael, go? He <laughs> well, Luke, that was very nice. No, we have grams. Don't worry about it. But go ahead, Luke. So what are you saying? <laughs> Super 60? Uh, cutting the long side down so that they could have a little bit more tube length on the short yeah. side. And they were running a off-the-shelf um, inner axle shaft. I forget what it was out of, but I thought that that was just a cool piece of tack to get that yeah. like old-school width. But sure. under an XJ, you really don't want to do that. I know somebody that did it with their LJ. Got super duties cut to you know cut to to L TJ with. Yeah, I was talking about the super sixty, like the uh, four fifty and five fifty axle. Yeah. Which, wow. by the way, if you guys ever get to see one of those, those knuckles are massive. Like, yeah, there's, a, there's a guy that is in JSF or something like that. The one of the group that Mark uh, wheels with, and the first time I ever saw his axle, I'm like, wait, that's a sixty, but what the like. Massive, yeah. massive knuckles. It's insane. Yeah, I think it's 13 and a half inches between the ball joints on the uh, F450 and 551s. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's also just like looking at your usage, right? Yeah. But, like, I couldn't believe RCVs are $2,500 for a Dana 60. God damn, I've never looked good? Yeah. Well, the lifetime warranty, I think, is the biggest thing. You snap yeah. those. You yeah, snap they would not getting it replaced. Do they? What's the they warranty need... on those? Is that up to a thirty, or a sorry, a forty-three, or is that still the forty? I know they. It was a forty. The reality yeah. is, is they need to grenade 
for you to get it replaced. Yeah, they need to like fully split. If they're twisted, yeah. they won't take them. And I think we actually talked. Uh, I, again, I'm going to bring Chris back up. He had a set for a Dana 30, and it was twist. I think it was him. It was twisted. They weren't. It wasn't broken, but it was twisted. And he just ran it, and it never broke. Yep. Yeah, and wow. we have a set in a we have a set in a Dana 44 that you know it needs it needs maintenance every year. It it'll it'll break, it'll shear, it'll this, it'll that, it'll blow out some bear, you know, some bearings. Mm -hmm. But that's not a replaceable. That's not a warranty item. That's wear and tear. Yeah. So in order, so you just have to go balls to the wall and snap those yeah. things every time you're going to yeah. break them, basically. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. The thing about again, that that scares me is when you're talking about breaking something like that, you know. Is it going to be the RCV or is it going to be your ring gear? Probably not the RCV. Right. And that's the thing that I, it's really hard, Luke. And, and that's a lesson that I never learned. But where do you want the weak point? You know, we talked about this with Action Fab. Um, my weak point is still my hubs. And I know it's a shitty weak point and it breaks a lot. But it's like, fuck, man. One pair of uh, small needle-nose pliers and a 532nd Allen wrench. Give me five minutes, and if it doesn't blow the inner shaft, I'm wheeling again. If it blows the inner shaft, well, I'm already on the way to pulling the unit bearing. So, Until right. it doesn't break, and then your center section Yeah, but then you blow the snap, snap, or you blow the uh, inner, and or you blow the blow shaft... The you're not going to blow the inner. Sorry, not the inner. <laughs> you're going to gonna be breaking uh, your diff. <laughs> but my yeah, 30 I'm, splines. I'm <laughs> but these are things that many of the run-of-the-mill off-roaders never even think about. Yep. Right, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that I'm not run-of-the-mill. I'm just suggesting that I've heard this stuff, right? I've seen it in practice. Mm. And Don't I may not have short. You're not running. I've the never mill. really followed that advice, right? Like I'm the idiot that locked the Dana thirty. I'm the idiot that put forty eight. Nothing wrong with in. that, though. Hey now. Like, <laughs> but I again, mean, I think yeah. some of the most fun I have ever had wheeling has been on a locked Dana thirty in a three hundred dollar XJ with a stupidly built three link that was far better than the rest of the Jeep. Like that thing just worked. Correct. Yeah. And to to be fair, though, you building that 30 did allow you guys to give that to your wife so that way she could come out and have fun in a confident rig. Yeah, so, and actually, it, it sort of transpired. My 30 went somewhere else. She ended oh, up with right. a different 30 and then ended up in a 44. But yeah, and then literally the reason, so funny enough, the reason that her Jeep is the way it is is because she was told she couldn't go to Field and Forest. Really? Not locked, locked. Oh, gotcha. She's like, I'll show you. I'll stretch <laughs> a JK. I'll put it on 40s. I'll outwheel all of you. <laughs> and speaking... So, sorry, go ahead, Luke. I've spotted for Alyssa, and that is always an entertaining trip. I'll save that for when we get her on, but she is fun to spot for. Well, well, what I learned, so we had her up at um, Jericho when she was on 35s, open, open. And literally, it was like, okay, honey, the line is drive up the tree. 
it worked. But yep. so she's wicked good with, you know, giving her the, here's the line. If she can't see her own line. And that's the thing that I think, I don't know about you guys, but that's how I got brought into this game. Like I go on Instagram and I'm like, why does every Instagram wheeler have a spotter within two inches of them? Yep. Like, don't yeah, you know don't- your rig? So the moral of my story is, is we, she specifically has learned to pick her line and then ask for help when it's not working. So it takes a special person to have that though. Like I only learned that from dirt biking. Like I, when I was racing in the woods, like you're going through the trails as fast as you can, you need to pick the best line that you see fit. And not many people have the confidence in themselves to be able to do that. Like, it, especially in the sense of Jeeps too, where if you don't really know well, where your wheel is positioned, it's multiple correct. things. It's, I think part of it's line choice. I mean, but realistically you're thinking about two lines. You got, you know, your yeah. track width, you've got a, you got two lines you have to focus on and you sort of have to visualize it. Uh, yep. I, I agree completely that it's, you but know, Cody taking your thought and, and fast forwarding it to something else. She likes to hike in the mountains. Her, her taking Jeep lines helps her take trail lines. <laughs> I love that. You know, but also, and then, and then Graham, what I also, you know, it's one of those hard things to get a brand new off-roader and, and I'll say Jeeper because they're generally entry level people where yeah. off-roaders might not be, but getting a Jeeper to understand you drive over things, not around them or put them between the wheels. It's it's uh, right. Yeah. Or anytime if I get an opportunity and it's it's nice enough day out and I'm getting a newbie out on the trail, we start under the Jeep. Right. Here's where your diff is. It's in front of your it's in front of your steering wheel. Yeah. Keep that in Here's mind. Here's where this yeah. is. These are things you can hit. These are things you can't hit. Yep. You know, and that's funny because one of those days that we were up at Harris back in the day with Cody we were just having a conversation about how, like, I was just comfortable with wheeling my tons. And I'm like, yeah, this hood line right here is the center line of my diff. And that one over there, the far body line, is where my control arms are. So I just know that, and I kind of guesstimate yep. off of that. Yeah. And I never thought about it, but that could actually be super, super useful for somebody, like, not necessarily first trip. Because they they are probably just so like overstimulated with everything going on that, that they can't even think about what's under and what's happening under. They're just looking forward and hoping not to run somebody over or hit a tree. But second time out after they get a little bit more comfortable, that's that's something huge that I never really thought about doing with somebody was actually getting them to understand and try to visualize in their head like where is my my diff at this moment in time, am I just going to diff out on everything? Yep. Like, right. And if you're dealing with Cherokee people, it's really easy to get a direct line because that bow in your hood on the driver's side is right where your diff is roughly, you know, give or take two inches, but that's where it's going to be. And yeah. Speaking on your wife, did like when you guys first started dating or uh, However, the whole situation happened. How did she kind of take wheeling? Because it was she. Did she do it as a kid? Like, what was the so, whole process? No, so, if she were here, and she'll probably pipe up from the other room and correct me. <laughs> but she was a she was a I wheel where I want to wheel person. 
okay. She do I do what I want is what she just yelled from the other room. <laughs> and and that was her bombing trails at Maple Park down like in Wareham Mass, which are which were technically legal trails. Yes, but they, they were. were but they were just like, you know, trails. Mm-hmm. But that was her on her, you know, 33-inch terror grapplers and uh, you know, maybe no lift. But what what's interesting, and again, we all come from different walks of life. What what she finds wheeling helps her focus. Hmm. Like if you you know people that are anxious, right? Something that takes your mind off of your mind doing a thousand things, and you have to focus on where are my tires. Yep. Like somehow wheeling becomes. Although it's nerve-wracking, it becomes relaxing. It lets her mind rest. You know, I get that, though, because, like, we're going to go on another weird little tangent here. My mind runs on rails. Um, There's just, like, little (laughs) sidetracks to the rails. Um, But when I'm wheeling, I don't actually have to focus on that. It just becomes, okay... Graham is in front of me. Cody's behind me. Kish is behind him. Uh, Graham went up the center line. I don't like that center line because I know how my rig is with my terrible leaf springs. <laughs> I'm going to hit that to the a little bit to the right side of it, and I'm going to just drag my slider up the center of that. And if I hit it in first with a little oomph, it should go. And Man. there's no, like... There's no, all right, we're coming up to this set of, you know, paths, and I have to run down the rails, so am I going to go left, or am I going to go on the right line, and that's just the way it's going to be. Instead, it's, I'm wheeling, all right, that didn't work, cool, I'm going to give this a shot, or I didn't like how that went for him. To go back to your real question, she hates being a passenger. Really? Yeah, I believe it. I love it. Where it started was, or where the worst one was, was probably four plus years ago. Four inch lift, 37, locked, locked. I don't know what axles I had underneath it, but I was going to do a hero trail at Jericho. (laughs) Nobody could go up the reds, but I could come down the red. So there's a weird (laughs) little red loop that's kind of a black to go up and a red to come down. I still think there's a little trickle of pee in my passenger seat from where she was. <laughs> um, a- so this leads me into a little side note about the rig. Do you have harnesses in that thing yet? Nope. Oof. Oh boy. But she does. Good. Yeah. Well, she's got a couple more brain cells than the two of us put together. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you, like- have, you have a cage of some nope. sort. I th- nope. You don't. What? Nope. I swore you had Factory. something. Wow. Okay. But then again, gonna... that probably goes back into the whole engineering of the newer vehicles compared to the TJs. The TJs were literally designed only for, I believe it's the weight plus half of, like, so 1.5 times the weight of the vehicle. Like, crux rating. Yeah. And, and, and again, we all, there's always an unexpected scenario, mm-hmm. but I try not to put myself into a position where I could tip over. But you just said earlier that you enjoy you're, you're comfortable off camber. Yeah, but I'm not going to tip over and roll down a mountain. I'm going to tip over and fall two feet. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. There is the difference. 
<laughs> but she but might yeah, have so, a panic attack, and you might not enjoy Harlan. Then Harlan yeah. sketch balls, man. But for me, you know, I probably should have one. There's been discussion of one. Don't build you know, one it's, now. It, not with money prices. Right, it's, it's money. Right now. money. It's always money. Um, I tried to I tried to scoop up like somebody's bolt in cage because they're parting they they were selling their JKU. I'm like, I'll take your bolt in cage. It's better than what I got. Yeah. But they decided not to part out, and I think they're still making payments instead of selling. Oh, oh boy. But, but that's how Alyssa got the uh the front half of a rock hard cage from Mike Craig. Oh, that's right. Yep. When, when he first started getting out of bolt in stuff and and actually cutting tube. We got a great deal on that. Somebody else had the harness bar, but he was like six foot five and couldn't sit in his Jeep with the harness bar in because the seat wouldn't go back far enough. (laughs) Can we just talk about how sweet that rig was when it was on 40s and he was using that as his daily? I really, really liked that rig at that point in time. It was super cool to me. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's a little bit what Alyssa built. Is an eight-inch stretch JK on forties with a bolt-in cage and PRP seats. Then it'll do yeah. just about everything with body panels without a dent in them. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> and then actually, guys, if you were to look at her, like. her Jeep, the one, the one trick, the the one thing that I take all the credit for, and it was three years ago this year, sitting in Daytona. I was recovering from a surgery after my cancer diagnosis, and we had some front. What's a really good brand name of, of fenders? I can't think right now. That's not metal right. Genrite. Genrite. Yeah. Yeah. Pick it. Pick the next one down. Metal cloak. Yeah. Again. Uh. Alyssa, sh- oh, what are your I fenders? Don't know, man. Poison I don't spider. Know. Ah. Poison <laughs> spider. <laughs> so we're sitting there. And we had some front poison spider fenders to put on. We brought them with us to Daytona because, like, again, I was just getting out of the hospital, just finishing up our camper, just whatever. So we brought the aluminum poison spiders with us, and and she had just rear skins. So we bought TNT skins, I think, in the back or whatever company did the 8-inch stretch skins. And I said, oh, my God, guys, stop. If you take the left front fender – it makes a perfect right rear fender with a stretch kit. <laughs> <laughs> and then just flip it backwards, right? Is what you're saying? So she has like fenders that start in front of the tire and then end up just going flat over the top of the tire. Wow. So if you ever take a peek at her Jeep and look at the rear fenders, they're front fenders. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. And then somebody was selling a set of steel front fenders, so we picked those up to make them the rear. Works. That and works just, really well. And I just notched, I notched the driver's side one, so you get the the gas nozzle in there. Simple. Wow. I love so, how I love how simple. And that is. to 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 make her Jeep even better, she has two door XJ rails. Because it's the right wheelbase between the wheel wells. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, though. Yeah. Because, like, when you think about it, my two-door isn't that much longer than my JK was uh, between them. I think it's, like, maybe two inches longer. But if you've got the stretch in the rear, 
you've got the stretch in the rear. Wait, that yeah. works. What's her What's her current wheelbase? One hundred and four. Oh wow, that's that's wow, that's like spot on. To I believe that's roughly. Damn, that's where short I'm for forties though. Not really. Not on a Wrangler. Yeah, really. Not on a Wrangler though, and especially if she's not running reds, then it's still gonna have plenty yeah. of suspension travel and ground like, clearance. Like, it's so funny to me, and again, this is one of those stupid thoughts that my brain has. All these morons want to take two doors and stretch them. Why don't you take a four door and body chop it? And there's still more center section, though. I'd say on a. But people are stretching their rigs to 116, 118. Yeah, to run they look three. stupid. They look so dumb. I hate the look. I really, you really, really need. That's like why people are doing the, uh, LJs. Yeah, with the Wrangler stuff because you can stretch them and it doesn't look totally god awful. Right. I like the two doors, but I like them punched out to like 108, 109, yeah. 110. Um, right, which is like how Zach was building them. Basically, yeah. the rear yeah. tire is beyond the the it, bumper, and the front tire is beyond like the the tires are at the end of the body. Yep, you have a zero um, degree approach angle and departure angle, and like that's just. Part of that comes from the fact that I love the 110-inch wheelbase range. To me, it's a sweet spot for a yeah. Ford. But I just found it so funny that people spend all this time and energy stretching vehicles out to 116, 118. Jeep already makes one that way. <laughs> Find a body guy, cut the tub, make the tub shorter. Yeah. You know what would be kind of cool would be if you left the back seat in it and then you kind of like shorten the area right That's in what I'm the saying. trunk yeah, section. Just get rid of the cargo. Yeah. yeah, that would work really well. Yeah. Because there's even, nothing back there. But there's your gas tank runs right there, doesn't you're it? You're going to put a fuel nope. cell in it anyways. You're going to put a fuel cell in it anyway, and your gas and, tank doesn't go beyond your rear tire. Yeah, on the JKs, it's actually mounted in the next to the frame rail. It's not in mounted in the back where the uh, TJ. Yeah, that, that so, terrifies me. That the major "quote unquote" slide zone of a JKU is where the gas tank is. Yeah, factory yeah, but, skid plate made out of tin foil. It's fine. <laughs> I will tell you, what, it's a plastic that, that tank. I drag mine over rocks plate, all the time. That factory skid plate works surprisingly okay on a stock Jeep for what a stock Jeep can get yeah. into. And wheelbase, you know, if we're going to get on a little tangent here. Oh, we like, always do. I think, I don't think it was until like last year that we even ever upgraded her transfer case skid because the breakover angle, she never landed on the transfer case. <laughs> Mine looks like a freaking Pringles. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Well, you also oh. drive a fucking school bus, so. <laughs> hey. I'm it's not even cool. allowed within 50 feet of a school, so don't even be talking oh. about it. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna leave that alone. Yeah. So, but again, it's it's this 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 sport, this community, is something where right, like the the five people on this screen would have never met. No, we would have nothing in common. No, we would and never it's kind of. You I'm know, sorry, go ahead. We, we wouldn't have been in the same campground in Monson ever. We would have never been in the same campground in, in Vermont ever. Yep. You know, that just is... no way. Oh, and man. somehow we have something in common that we can talk about. 
And for the most part, right, there's some dinks out there, right? Doesn't matter what what industry or what what circle you travel in. There's always going to be somebody that thinks they're better, has, is, has, you know, knows more than you. But for the most part, the industry is pretty understanding. Although I will say, right in the in the JK Wrangler world, there's like the 10 ages of Jeep ownership. And one of them is when you get to the part where you're like, Yes, fucking 35s will fit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop asking. No, Put them no on. you don't run your tires at 65 PSI. <laughs> I understand it says that on the sidewall, but that's not what you run them at. Like you get to that place where you've just a- answered the question so many times. And, you know, again, I'm just going to sound like an old crotchety man here, but I'm not... Like, when did we stop using Google oh, and yeah. start using some you know, Facebook page to ask we a are question? We're going to hit this one again. This is where the fucking forums were goddamn fucking beautiful because there was always a sticky right there of frequently asked questions right. on every single Jeep bill or every single Jeep uh, type, like on Jeep form frequently asked questions what does this lift and this tire size look like boom that one's actually probably one of the that was one of the greatest links ever to come up on the internet because it was awesome because when i first came into jeeps i don't fucking know what a four inch with 35s or 33s looks like and it's a valid question if you're a newbie it's just frustrating when you've been in the game for five ten years (laughs) and you've had to like you've posted the picture of your jeep at that stage However many times, it's like, come on, like somebody's got to use the search I've, function. You know, I've been doing this shit now for ten fucking years, and it's like I miss being able to just grab that form thread and copy and paste it. And that thread doesn't have working pictures anymore because somehow, Photo Bucket. In twenty twenty two, Luke, someone would tell you you're wrong. I know it's fucking amazing. No, My I'm favorite- sorry, that's not real. Nope, but it it is. You know, and so now I just default to, oh, I'm sorry, you spelled 43s wrong. <laughs> Can somebody show me a picture of a Jeep on two and a half inch lift and 35s? I'll slap mine up there with seven inch lift and 43s and tons. Yes. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, you know, I wasn't on Facebook for a really long time and I'm finally back. And like, I'm why. going back to my old hangouts of Club XJ and stuff. And they're like, Can I fit a 35 on a three and a half inch lift? And I'm like, 40s fit just get to it dude <laughs> yeah you know you know what doesn't picture... fit 32s on a wj <laughs> you know that was uh like i grabbed that picture mike craig took of my rig where or i forget who uh megan took not mike craig megan where it's just shooting smoke out on uh brookridge and like it's just stupid because people don't understand how to Google anymore. And no. it's so much easier to get an instant validation on a question than it is to literally type the same exact question into Google. Right. It's the same question that they're already typing. Yeah, it just drives me up the Listen, fucking Google's wall. Google's new. It hasn't been around. You're right, you're right. It's new. new. It's still tough to learn, too. I, I can't yeah, figure it out yet. Hard. Speaking of it's new, I think, I think, so we moved, we bought a house. We're living 35 minutes from Field and Forest. That's uh, exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we set Alyssa's computer up the other day, 
and a cat walked by it and opened up a screen to Bing. <laughs> oh, what's that? To be what? fair, Graham uses Bing. So. No, I don't. I oh, use Firefox. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's Firefox. no. Bing, that, Bing whoa, was whoa, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Google. <laughs> they tried. Are, are we gonna overlook how Cody just thought a search engine was a web browser? For a second there. It's the same. No. <laughs> nope. startup program. Oh, but I use the like... Bing browser. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Why don't you Bing that shit? <laughs> uh, Wasn't GoDaddy trying to do that at one point too? They were trying to be a search browser. I don't know. Or they was that just advertisement shit? Or like the well, they're, they're like a, big uh, breasts and they were just like it was for something stupid, wasn't it? They do DNS hosting. That's their big uh Big thing. Yeah, they, used, they used to do a bunch of advertising. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Your it, was business. it was like make your business better by using having your website name on GoDaddy. When in reality, every DNS host is the exact same. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so there's your oh, uh, non-wheeling tangent for the day. Wait, I have a question for you. Yeah, man. Question. So we got two of them that I'm gonna bring up. Uh, one of them is: Do you have a raccoon fact for us? Raccoon fact, any, or any 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 animal fact that's pretty interesting. Well, I heard actually that a that the average diameter of a raccoon's body is seven inches, okay. and your anus can stretch out to eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought the, I thought this was that they're. Uh, I've heard this one before, but I, I think it's better. You can fit more than one because they can shrink down. <laughs> Listen, like three, three inches. Than one. <laughs> I cannot fit more than one. Actually, in a wicked funny story, my wife will kill me. So this weekend oh, no. was like this, this past weekend was like the uh, the opening maple weekend up here. So we went down the road a mile and we pulled into somebody's house and, you know, their freaking 18 year old daughter comes out and their 17 year old, 20 year old son and we're shooting the shit and I brought up that I had cancer and I'm like, they found a golf ball in there. I'm like, not a real golf ball. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, I'm an EMT. You'd be surprised what we find. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, I okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm done. I will tell you this. I have one of my friends down here is an ex EMT and there's a reason that he is an ex EMT. And some of that is definitely oh, help. Listen, Luke, I slipped in the shower and the shampoo bottle, like, <laughs> it, it went right up there. Self-inserted. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, you can me, only sorry. use that excuse up to the third time and then they just <laughs> start questioning you. You need a grip mat for your right. bathtub, Jesus. And then they asked, like, I'm sorry, you have shampoo that's shaped like a fist? <laughs> Uh, well, what was your follow-up in like every shape now so my follow-up question it has nothing to do with raccoon facts just to be clear um or shampoo bottles what is your favorite and most hated dot tire wow so let me start with what i've run okay so i had so my jeep was a willis originally so it had those 32 inch bfgs that are absolutely the worst tire in the world because they will cup after about four thousand miles good to know are these so the, those uh, the like the traditional bfg with the lugs 
Yes. Uh, AM1 Factory Edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've had those. I had a set of uh, Swamper SSRs. I had Mud Graps. I had Trail Graps. I've had MTRs. And now I've had the Mickey Thompson, whatever the hell those are, the XS Pros or something. The big boys. The big boys. So <laughs> the Mickey, to be fair, and this is only for Graham's, you know, arsenal. <laughs> my MTRs were my favorite dot, favorite dot tire that I've owned. Really? That I've owned. Hmm. Up until they started imploding, they yeah. did everything I wanted them to do. They wheeled in the wet. They wheeled in the dry. They they tacked. You know, they went down the highway at a hundred miles an hour. They they did everything uh, well. They sort of went down the highway at a hundred. Well, they no, just they went down the yeah, highway at a hundred. Just... <laughs> and then, like at sixty-five, one day, when it exploded. Oh, you were on the highway when it exploded? Yes, at 65, 70 miles an hour, coming back from an NEA meeting in Western Mass, right Holy rear. Shit, that's scary. Right rear, thankfully. Yeah, so how does that I I it's been a question that's been I think really since that tire blew, I was always it's been in the back of my mind, like what happens when you blow a forty two inch tire and you're going seventy five on the highway? How sketchy is that? Um it was not so bad, but again, not being an idiot in the passing lane, right? Mm -hmm. I was probably in the middle lane or maybe the right hand lane going seventy. Yep. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go far to get into the breakdown lane. That's the trouble good. the trouble was or the good part was is imagine if it was a front. Oh, I, I Oh yeah. So I've only ever had rear control. tires blow. I I blew a right rear and I blew a left rear. Now, what has been said to me and I I don't I don't want to believe this because I think it's absolutely the it, it's why would how do I word this? Why make an MTR in a 42, right? It's for off-road. Yep. I was told it's because I aired them down too low and compromised the belts. Yeah. What? In your off-road tire, aired them down too yep. low. Makes sense. I can, I can only understand that to a small, minute level in the sense of you aired them down too low and put them through too many heat cycles at that low of a PSI and right. compromise the belts. Well, so, but, so typically how low do you go? Five. Okay. Okay. I but mean, on a 42, that's really not like, that's probably like me on the 37 going to an eight, which well, is, and the thing is like, 37. like full of air. They're at 20. Oh yeah. Wow. That's the other, I, I didn't even think about that is when you're airing them up, it takes less because the sidewall is so much, there's just so much more of it. Right. Yeah, I think that's how that so all that aside, for me personally, the MTRs have been my best tire, but also my worst tire. The most dramatic tire, for sure. Yeah. And then the hard part was, right, they were $700 a pop, Ooh. and then you couldn't get them. Yep. Jesus. That's why I hate so them. You can't get the them. New, the new Mickeys, I've only been out with them. The Mickeys were terrible my first couple of trips out. Couldn't get them to hook up on anything. Huh. Then about the third or fourth trip, they must have broke in, mm -hmm. and now that they're such a real thing. Yeah, yeah, once you round the the edges off, because that's the biggest thing is you're you're taking your traction pad that you're used to being like you know 
an inch down to just that little tiny edge. But it also, those tires have basically made my Jeep unable to be driven on the highway at anything over 65 miles an hour. They just don't bounce well? They noisy or what's... uh... Uh, They're way quieter than a mud grab, number one. But there's... They're 18 and a half inches wide at 20 PSI. 18? Wow. Outer lug to outer lug. They're 19 inches wide almost. Holy shit. I didn't think they were that wide. That's insane. So when you you try to push, you know, I'm pushing a 6,000 pound brick rolling. So it just won't go any faster. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm going to be in fourth. Jesus. Oh my God. Now, with your current steering setup, which I'm guessing is hydro assist, right? Yep. Yep. Do you have troubles moving such a large tire? As Never. You're- and I only went to hydro assist with 40s. I used to wheel. I wheeled. I wheeled my 40s. But again, going back to the manual transmission thing, you could rock your Jeep a little bit, clutch it. You know, clutch in gas, clutch in gas, and just get it to rock and turn the tire a little bit easier than you could with an automatic. Yeah. I don't I never As long as you know your rig, I bet you that works. But I've seen uh we were with a group of TJs one of the times I went to Field and Forest and they didn't have hydro they had every other modification under the sun, but they didn't have hydro assist, which was actually kind of surprising. And they could not turn from a in a if they had to be in one spot and turn their tires, they couldn't. But I if I I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. I'm sure it's doable if you can feather that clutch. Yeah, like you're but saying. it's not ideal. No, yeah. I can also tell you I wheeled... Um, where did I go? So trails that nobody really goes to. So I went to Ma Bell on one day, and then the next day we went to Old Florida Road and Tunnel Road, and somewhere along the way I lost my power steering pump Oh. with 37-inch mud grabs. That and that was like my one day. Yeah, that was my second body damage ever. I, I I got into a tree and couldn't get out of it. Yeah, cuz you had no any you couldn't <laughs> you probably yeah, couldn't we literally yeah. we literally did use the come along around the door frame and around the you know the factory cage. Mm-hmm. A come along to pull me to to passenger so I could drive through it. Jeez. Wow. Because I couldn't steer. Huh. Yeah. These things but, will happen. Yeah. But again, some of the, so the, the, my favorite and worst tire are the MTRs other than the stock tires that came with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it just, it blows me away. There's really no bad tires out there. It's bad that for, is. it's no, bad for is. your use. Patagonia's suck. Not not for driving down the street at 40 PSI in the tires. Uh, if, no, if all you're doing is street driving, they're perfect. If you're My trail graps actually feel better on the road than the Patagonia's yeah. did. That's, I would that's, say the 40-inch the trail graps were probably the overall best tire I've had. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's loving that. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of those tires. I They're not like the, the greatest pattern, tire. I, I, it's it's nothing against the tire. I just for whatever reason the the lug pattern just oh, always made bolts. me mad. 
Yeah. Alyssa yeah. wouldn't look Alyssa couldn't look at my MTR. She didn't like the asymmetrical. She like make it made her want to get dizzy. <laughs> I, I don't I don't love that either, but uh it's not my main gripe. They I work just, like they're a solid, stupid tire that does pretty damn well everywhere and they're yep. bulletproof. What, the and, MTRs or the No, the okay. Nittos. Yeah, and they're four fifty a tire or something these days. No, oh, they ain't anymore. Five fifty a tire? Now they are. Yeah. Uh, they used to be a lot cheaper, but then the coof hit and everything got expensive. But I, And then the, on the flip side, I would say, and I know the question wasn't asked, but getting a proper transfer case makes all the difference Yep. in my in my ability to wheel. What do you have for a transfer case? Just a Rubicon Just case. Just a Rubicon? Okay. But, I wasn't sure. We've, we've covered you know, that. that was the- previously just you know how how much that gearing makes a difference versus yeah. the stock 272 well, or whatever you, the jk's have you know, the, the math right if you did the math i'm going to do it backwards basically if you had 410 gears with a stock case it's like having 270 gears with a rubicon case who would run 270 gears in their diffs oh. nobody i mean not unless you had a full 55 muscle car that you were trying to get 20 miles to the gallon in and still be able to do burnouts. Yeah. But but you know, the reality is is you don't think about the way that math multiplies until you're doing it. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty insane difference for how little number change there is. Right. Yeah, yeah. five to one versus uh two seven two to one is a major difference that I've right. seen with your rig, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, transfer cases are like the Richter scale. One a, a one is not too bad, but a five will kill you. Yep. <laughs> that is true. I mean, you guys are saying it's a small number jump, but it's literally doubling it. Like, it's 50%. Uh, it's, yeah. 50 per- it's a 50% increase or yeah. or decrease, however you want to look at it. Yeah. So mean, far, significant. Yeah. It's pretty far upstream, too, so that's got a huge effect on the overall effect of the number, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's not like you're adding... If you go from... 410s to 538 it's going to make a difference yeah but it's not going to be as life-changing as it's a 20 percent increase yeah and it's and speaking of all that and again i know the question wasn't asked if i were to do this all over again portal tons stop you, wait that's it just portal tons and just run it portal tons you, okay. get, the, you get the you get the multiplier in the axle you get the diffs up out of the way. You just, it, it's a that game kind of changer. Mm. And yeah, then you're, you're also yeah, but, raising the center, the uh, center of balance. Of yeah. Lot, but th- that's so. even more valuable than this is, you know, we've talked about this with, uh, as far as shaving your differentials to gain that extra inch, you don't need as big of a tire. If you've got those, right. It's all about getting the axle off the ground, not so Or much. you can get a 40 in there and have it have more clearance than a 35 and a 30. Yeah. And you just don't, like, when I was a newbie, right, you, you get a lift because you want to get over things. Mm-hmm. You didn't lift anything. Tires. Yeah. Tires is, what, tires. tires is what gets your stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, good. or some fabrication or cutting off the shock mounts and putting them on top of the axle. But for your regular run-of-the-mill Jeep person, off-road person, you know, if you want your pumpkins to get up in the air, you got to get bigger tires. Yeah. Yep. And then 
like I told Alyssa when we were first starting to build her Jeep, I'm like, 37s cost six grand. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, axle upgrades. Yep. 37s will cost, we can get, we can get used 37s for 500 bucks. It's going to cost us six grand if you want to wheel them properly. Yep. Properly. Yeah. I was going to say, we have a friend with the Cherokee with 37s. Doesn't mean it's, it's going to hold those for very long. Right. <laughs> I'm so, just going to sit here and smugly grin with my $2,500 yeah. axles. Yeah. But, but you had that availability and that's the biggest oh, yeah, like, no. difference I, is you had the knowledge to do the, to do the wheeling, but also is this, this is your first rig that you've built, correct? Yeah. If, so I haven't the, built anything. I, I, I think mine, I think mine is bought, not built. No, no, no. Regardless. So this is the first. You wheel it like it's built, like you haven't built yourself though. In, where, in my opinion. Luke's had six rigs. So if you really want to say your axe are 25, three fully built that you're, you would consider fully built. Three that I've cared about. Yeah. And so, built. so what you're saying is though, Take the cost of the axles from Ducky. Take the cost of the axles from. Oh yeah, knowledge isn't cheap. So really, <laughs> no, I'm just put it axles. It's probably somewhere in the range of eight thousand. Yeah, and it's also not common for someone to do a one-ton swap in a month. But like, I'm just gonna take my little chuckle and enjoy my little chuckle because I don't want to fathom the amount of money and the amount of pain and suffering that went into figuring out how to do a axle swap in a month and yeah, have the, it it's the rolling. unheard cost that's the cost yeah you hear about yeah and again there's it's there's there's a market for everything right there's a market yeah. hundred dollar wheelers and there's a market for hundred thousand dollar wheelers and i've seen hundred dollar wheelers do everything that a yeah thousand dollar wheeler hundred thousand dollar wheelers done uh, yeah, and and vice versa. Obviously, that's yeah. that's the easiest. Like, you know, survive a rollover. <laughs> I I'll be honest. There's been a couple of times where, like, just with my rig being what my rig is, there's been times where you know I've watched Cody Billy goad up something in front of me, and then had to hit rev limiter going up it or Kish doing that. Mm -hmm. Just be and they're running, you know, thirty five to forty five hundred dollar rigs. I mean, the benefit to the lighter rigs with the smaller axles is they're so much lighter. You get around yeah. a lot of the issues yeah. with all of, with Dave, yours and mine and Luke's. I mean, we're all pushing easily over fifty. We're all in the five club, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is just a it's so much more versus those guys, which are probably around maybe right. four. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm carrying around a thousand pounds of rim and tire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, How much does it weigh? What is a JK? I haven't been on a scale. Oh god, you gotta go. It's gotta be around. I don't know. It's gotta be I'm close to seven. You don't have a cage though, so that's helping you a little bit. Eh. <laughs> yeah, but it still started out as a. Yeah, you're, you're probably in like the that's, in the fifty-five hundred realm, at least. Yeah, I Plus would guess. Assholes. I uh, would guess it's just a sh you know, and and probably I've got a little work to do because my fuel cell um, ate another fuel pump and ate something in the tip them, which nobody wants to talk about in a JKU. Mm. So JK's under the fuel, under the fuse panel is your fuse pump relay, mm -hmm. which is not serviceable. Ooh. Oh. So unless you're like a micro solderer, mm. okay. not a micro penis person, micro solderer, <laughs> big difference, Cody. <laughs> but, 
I mean, I'm familiar with both. However, <laughs> I'm not good at the micro soldering. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, I found a, somebody makes a workaround, like you plug into this and you, you just get to bypass everything. But my relay must have been on the way out. So I replaced the fuel pump. It lasted two months. And then it crapped out again. So it took the it took like half the brain and the fuel pump. But fast forwarding in my little podunk town, seven minutes from here, I can get ethanol free super unleaded and I can't wait. Because fuel cells with you know, your RTV does not like ethanol. No. No, they do not. And that was another thing that I was not expecting when I moved, but I can get ethanol free gas here like at every station. That's great. Costs more, but like the way I view it is it's a dollar a gallon more here for ethanol free. Yeah. But it's you like don't a- ruin fuel lines. You don't ruin your RTV seals on your shitty fuel cells. Uh, technically, I'm pretty sure you can get better mileage off of non-ethanol gas. There's a lot of benefits to that, I think. Yeah. I just realized I was muted. Uh, not really, though, because ethanol is really, really healthy for motors, though, as well. Just like just like leaded fuel. They all have their special quirks that right. can do beneficial things. Like I mean, E85 is not bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can get you can get some good performance. Like, I'm addicted to watching Engine Masters. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they'll run something from E85 to, you know, Sunoco Race Gas and play with the timing and see what it does to horsepower. Yep. You know, but on the flip side, uh, right? Octane doesn't make horsepower. Correct, but it helps with That's you can run more compression and help yeah. uh, eliminate detonation with heat yeah. and all. But that. again, the, the ethanol piece, like I'll have a thousand dollars into fuel cell and fuel pumps because of you know because I've eaten up cells and destroyed parts with ethanol. Or spend and the money to get the, yeah. the parts that will withstand it for a little bit longer because yeah. they they're not nothing is ever ethanol proof really. Yeah, and that's the other thing, guys. And I know it's jumping back to another story, but for gold, we're here for if it. If it was uh, if it was if I were to do it again, I'd be one of those guys that would do the super the super duty sixty front and a fourteen bolt rear. Really. Because the mismatch pumpkin, the offset pumpkin in a J, in a hey, right, what on the JK that causes issues, right? So here's the thing of the whole thing, right? It's number one, anybody that's putting Super Duty axles into a JK two door is usually stretching it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you stretch it, that offset pumpkin is nowhere near your gas tank anymore. Very few people are stretching four-door JKs. Because it's already so freaking long. Right. So my, as soon as I put the Sterling in in the rear, the freaking, just the drive shaft and the, would bang, like any little flex at all, I'm banging it off of my fuel, uh, off of my fuel tank. Mm. That's interesting. So my junkyard tons turn into a fuel cell swap. Yeah. As it usually goes. So, uh, sorry, was that's the fourteen bolts offset to the passenger side a little bit? Am it's I, more centered. More centered. The, the Sterling is offset the passenger. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize it was that far off. I thought the Sterling yeah. was more centered. Nope. Hmm. I've never no, looked and you notice it, it and you notice it too. Like 
Well, when it's in your gas tank, you'll notice it. (laughs) Yeah, well, right. But it's like, oh, look, spare tire, trailer hitch, pumpkin? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And then some people will do the, some people, right, you'll do anything. Some people will go adjust the track bar to pull the axle away. Oh, no, that's not what you do. Dude, and then run a spacer on, on driver. one side. <laughs> no, I was joking. I was gonna say that jokingly. That's hilarious. That that's actually people will do that. Wow, that's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it, but what the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Now, there's like a whole JK ass people JK. doing XJ stuff. Yeah, there's. Literally, I was gonna say yeah. the hack ass JK world. That's uh, that's. Up there. <laughs> So, so you've mentioned now that we haven't asked if what you would do if you're going to do it again, but let's talk about your plans for the future instead. You currently own the JKU. Do you plan on this being your quote unquote forever rig, or do you think there's plans for something else in the future? So that's the intent. But again, my, my wife and I, Alyssa and I, just bought a house in Washington, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally we have an easement in our backyard to the snowmobile trails. Yep. We have thousands of miles of class six roads and we've got freaking $70,000 tied up in JKs. Like what could we do if we got rid of those JKs? Snowmobile. Right. What? I said snowmobile. I think it would right. be the <laughs> but quads. Like we went to the, ju- we've, I've gone to the jungle a couple of times in Vermont. Mm-hmm. What those boys are doing on freaking, you know, side by sides on 32s. Mm are pretty fun yeah oh yeah you know so it's like you know what is our end game um which kind of leads to if we were to do it all over again right you freaking find yourself a cat eye diesel you find yourself a a long trailer you build yourself two buggies and then boom and you're off and running so the same money or maybe less yeah especially nowadays with people getting rid of their rigs you could buy Yep. I mean, the fact that, like, even though Mike waffled his off and one of our friends got it, which is the coolest fucking thing ever, so yeah. we get to still see for it every short day. money. For yeah. stupid money. But sixteen grand is what he was originally selling it for. That rig, what it's capable, is well yep. worth more than sixteen grand. I don't even know the amount of money he has into it regardless. But, Not like, what 16. you get... Yeah, but, like... Even what... 32. Like, even if you doubled that, that still seems low for well, that Well, that's rig. the thing that we yeah. look at. But it's, it's such a specialized market, right? Like, yeah, you can't get true. asking. But I, what I looked at, and again, I'm, I'm not right in the head, but what I've looked at was who's got some Dana 30, Dana 44 axles? What would it take for me to go back to stock, trade that son of a bitch in, keep all my buggy parts, and stick it under a chassis? I've got all the, I've got all the arms. I've got all the axle. I got all the lockers. I have a fuel cell. I have, you know, I need a chassis yeah. and a motor and a motor. Yep. But like, which, which isn't too far off though, because you could, you could easily get, I mean, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but like a wide open design chassis of some sorts buy a donor CJ, YJ, TJ or something. And then all those parts would pretty much bolt right in. But is find that... yourself, I mean, how many five three LSs are out there? A, a bajillion. bajillion. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah, I, I love bajillion that we four million of them. I love that him and I use the same ad or adjective at the exact same time too. We both right. say bajillion. <laughs> <But> <laughs> like, like, really... you know, 
But those would be the things. So these are intended as our forever rigs. Mine is by far less practical than my wife's. Mm-hmm. Like we're literally, so again, fast forward, but going backwards in time last year, we drove her Jeep down to Daytona. Yep. I think we got 16 miles to the gallon on forties. That's pretty good. We had to tow a trailer back, a loaded five by eight trailer, floor to ceiling, and got 13 miles to the gallon towing a trailer back. Wow. Wow. That's not bad. That's really good. You know, what, what people don't understand is gearing and manual locking hubs and, you know, just go down the list of things that make it better i'm doing it you wrong know? then i think i i mean i I've, i changed the spark plug since since i last checked and it hasn't run since october but i was getting nine <laughs> for our trip to pennsylvania <laughs> with, uh, the, with the 40 it was pretty brutal yeah. but it's, it's well, got my, some my freaking issues. wj with a 40 and 32s might get 15 yeah like they're dumb <laughs> my truck my daily driver truck gets 10 driving around the city and about six towing. So Ooh. what? Yeah, it's yeah, my my truck sucks gas. It's fucking horrible. I can't That is think. like awful. I, I know your Ford's for incredible. You. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those <laughs> weird things, like right? My buddy has a, a gas twenty five hundred Chev uh, GMC. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic when gas is two fifty a gallon. Yep. Yeah. It sucks when gas is five dollars a gallon. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it does everything he wants it to do. Well, Except go faster than my wife's JK. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> While towing a trailer or just in general? Just in general. So they were they were racing down by Brockton and she passed him because he was he's governed at ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> so she went blowing past them, stretched JK, doors off, top down on forties. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love for these things to be our forever Jeeps, but at some point in time, they're not, you know, the market's crazy right now. So what do you do? Do you, do you unload it when the market's hot? Yep. Who wants to pay who want, you know, her Jeep we could sell cause it, it's normal looking. Who wants my freaking Jeep? You know, who wants to pay $30,000? I, I would out never- West. Somebody out west would definitely enjoy Pump them your- numbers up, Bucko. Well, I know, Luke, but who's going to get if, if Jesse Strait can't get thirty grand for his JKU that's been for sale for a year? Is he out like, on the side of the the United States? It's right here in New Hampshire. Well, that's that's probably the major reason. Is if it went out west with it, you'd probably sell it within a few like few minutes. Yeah, um, and just people well, don't actually. Know. In a, in an unrelated note. Same thing. Like I lived in another part of the country for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I could pick up a freaking Volvo wagon for $700. If I drove it back here, I could sell it for 7,000 because every <laughs> stalker mom wanted them in the nineties. Yeah. Even ours. I'd take an R right now. The one with the, what is the five Hell cylinder yeah. turbos? Hell yeah. <laughs> an 850R with a five lead, five cylinder turbo. Let's go. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Really, really off track tangent, but wasn't it an upgrade to put an HX30 on those and just like let them eat with a tune? 
Yeah, they're they're pretty much like an undertuned two J. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were I had a buddy who went to Texas to you're not Texas, California. He flew to California and drove it back to Massachusetts. He's that wow. big of a Volvo guy. <laughs> it wow. was a cool car till the something happened. I think it blew a gas a head gasket or something blew on it, and he I think it's fixed now. But I, I kind of chuckled to myself when that happened. It's like, uh, <laughs> that sucks. Well, I mean, Boost generally uh, removes head gaskets eventually. Yeah. <laughs> No, Volvos are kind of like Cherokees, just uh, squished. And yeah, exactly. With a weird, weird front end and, to them. And It'll the Dana be... 30s in the back, not the front. Wait, those had Dana 30s in the back? Yep, yep. you can take a Actually? Volvo. Yeah, you can take a Volvo. Uh, I don't know if it's a torsion locker. It's a uh, G80. It's like a Gov Bomb. Yeah, you can put one of those in the front of a Dana 30. What? Yep. That's crazy. Interesting. <laughs> It's so weird. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> Not recommended for what we do, though. No. Like, uh, if no. you had a rig on 33s that was, you know, going to be street-driven, it would make a lot more That's sense to nice have that in upgrade. there. Yeah, but if Assuming you're looking you at rock one, crawling yeah. it, you're not in a good spot with that. Um, It's just not a in general good place to be because those particular uh axles like to grenade quite often uh yeah, when you put big tires on them so dave i know you mentioned that you guys you know just bought a house and everything and that your jeep still needs work but is there any uh any major events that you're excited for this year absolutely so for us we we do Jeep Beach in Daytona because it's like spring break for Jeepers. Mm-hmm. There's no wheeling. There's no nothing, but it's vacation. Yeah. You know, go down for vacation, drive on the beach, enjoy some sunshine, get the hell out of New England. But after that, you know, the things that last year, the first go around was this Wheeling for Warriors event that I unofficially, one of the, the club that I belong to, the Rockaholics, kind of ran it. Mm-hmm. So a handful of the members were very involved and certainly the, the money going to a, a benefit. And I know I alluded to this earlier, but the Jeep community was there for me when I needed a couple of bucks. Mm-hmm. And now that we get to do things, um, again, mine was a cancer diagnosis. The Wheeling for Warriors is more about veteran suicide. But being available to do whatever I can, even if it's just a donation of time, makes a huge difference. So that's an event that I'm looking forward to, not only for the camaraderie of being with the people, because there'll be clearly hundreds of people out wheeling eight or ten different properties and then all getting back together at a camp. It's such a a good opportunity to introduce some new people to an event as well as connect with old friends. Uh, And then I'm always – it's the big events. It's the big local events. It's the fall crawl it's the wheeling for warriors. It's some of those things that we've done now for five or six, seven years in a row. And what I don't know, cause I've really only ever wheeled in new England mm-hmm. is our trails change every time you go out. Yep. I don't know if it's the same thing when you go to Moab, you know what I'm saying? Like That's a yeah. good point. I never every time that. I wheel field and forest, the freaking you know, Boulder dash is different. Pinball is different. Every time you go, it's different because some Yahoo went through there at full rev limiter and moved a boulder. 
or somebody with 43s dug a hole the size of a Volkswagen bug. <laughs> yep. Wow. You know, so Do it's those like people share a brain cell across the internet sometimes. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. I think to but, some extent there's got to be that out west. Uh, cuz I know, I mean at least the only thing that comes to mind is the uh um is Johnson Valley because every year they kind of have to change up the well, those rocks because, move. Yeah. Those are sort of like boulder gardens almost in some places. Um, and you dig the sand out and you remove the cactuses and, oh, it's a whole new trail. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I think some stuff like Moab, that can't change much. It's all solid rock. Right. right. But I think that's for, what I was going to say. One, I'm sure they, they deteriorate, though, over time with all the rock, like the, all the tires going over. Stomach, and over yeah. I mean, you know, hey, the Grand Canyon used to be just a trickle. Yep. Exactly. So over time... <laughs> One day, yeah, but I, I think in 4022, you know, Cody, it'll be a right. totally different trail, I'm sure. We're we're super lucky up here, right? Within within five or six hours, we've got every amazing trail in the Northeast. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I think that's really hard for I I've for four years I've tried to get the metal cloak people to come to anything at Field and Forest. Really? They won't understand. Like you will not understand the trails in the Northeast. Just no, come and I do will those. say that they're awesome. I just moving to Tennessee was super cool for me because you got AOP, you got Windrock, you got Morris, you got Dirty yeah. Turtle, you got everything's two and a half hours. Right, doesn't matter. Yeah, but you know, it's two and a half. And we've covered this a little bit, and I don't want to throw. I haven't done a ton of, um, you know, southern, southeast wheeling. I guess I'll call it, but. Uh, it's everything's more drawn out, which is nice because yeah. there's potential for a lot of property. But at the same time, the density that we have, just of everything, everything's more dense in New England. It seems. Yeah. Uh, it it forces our properties to be more dense, which is it also know, does there's, depend there's on the property. That. Yeah, I'm sure. Like it does. if you're talking about AOP, AOP's 500 acres of just straight up abusement park, and Morris I can't wait Mountain. to to see that. Uh. But yeah, like, um, geez, I was Harlan, talking Harlan with was, a, was a little, I don't want to, it was, it was good. It was just very different from what yeah. we have here. Yeah. Well, that's um, the thing. But up, up here, I've only ever wheeled in the Northeast. And for me, it's, it's a different experience every time you go out because, you know, a tenth of an inch of rain changes every, you know, makes granite from sticky to ice yep. yeah <laughs> so speaking yep. of will we be seeing you around labor day at roush Ooh, it's a possibility i we um just put an invite out there and we'll see what's up well you just got your invite <laughs> okay we make we make an actual facebook group though we will happily yeah, invite once, you yeah. once we the, believe so that was something good. Alyssa and i have tried to go down there uh, because their season is a little bit different than ours. We were going to go in February a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but the forecast called for like 45 and rain for the week. Mm. And Boy. I thought my first time to mo- my first time there, I didn't want 45 and rain. Yeah. No, you want, uh, you want a nice sunny day. Everything's so grippy out there when it's warm yeah. and not wet. Well, that's, that's what and I've foggy. seen. And again, I, I'm beating <laughs> a dead horse here, but it seems to me like, the challenging trails in New England are 
the red trails, you know, like, you know, a black trail at some of the stuff that we do here. It's, it's black compared to the rest of the property. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah. like when you go skiing, a black diamond at a little, at a, a, a 2000 foot mountain is way different than a black diamond at a 4,000 foot mountain. Especially if they don't yeah. groom it and you got gnarly moguls. It'll get, right on. It'll get and so wild. that's the thing, like, when I'm trying to talk to people outside of New England, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, so our, our moderate trails. Well, our moderate trails are their freaking double black diamond, red, <laughs> don't go without body damage stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, we, we, we look forward to doing more traveling. The mm-hmm. trouble is, is, you know, if I can only go 65 miles an hour on the highway, I got to plan a hell of a day to get down <laughs> to, to Roush. That's true. Well, that's why it gets brought up early, and we've been bringing it up with a lot of the guests that are uh, on here. Is of the way we see it is if we throw out the invite early enough, like we're talking about Labor Day, so you guys got you know yeah. six months of notice almost for it. By the time that we get there and we filter it down, you know, we could probably end up with a good 15 rigs out there that are going to be fairly capable because I don't think we've talked to anyone on this podcast that wants to go and run just blues. Like, even the guys that are on 35s want to run the blues and the blacks out there. They don't want to just run the blues. Eh, I think it'd be like, I mean, most of us. Cody, really you old. could run blacks at. That's Creek. exactly what I was just about to say, Grip. So you sit tight, Mister. <laughs> if I'm driving five hours to go somewhere, if I blow up on the first trail because it was fucking cool, I'm stoked. All right, I'd yeah. rather go down, run some really cool blacks, break my shit in half, drag it back onto the trailer, and then go ride passenger. No, I'm not going you'd down. You'd rather there have run. it. You'd rather have it stay together, uh, if at all possible. But, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. No, I mean, because I have just as much fun hanging out that I do wheeling. Like, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's 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 fine. I mean, everybody knows, or maybe you don't, Dave, but everybody knows that I blew up first day at Harlan. We went. So did I. Oh yeah, you did too. We're both in the same boat. Well, you didn't have eighteen hours or whatever it was to drive down there just to blow up the first (laughs) night. Uh, No, I'm not gonna say it it, wasn't a good time. It would have been a better time if I could have dragged my jeep through. uh, Hold up. No. I get a little bit of credit on that because I did drive all the way from Tennessee. Oh yeah, to you did Boston a gauntlet. And back. Yeah, I forgot, but that was. Like uh, I do have to give sleep. Luke a little bit more credit than you, Graham, and just for that aspect. Why? Right. I had to drive back. Regardless, <laughs> what I was trying to get at. You guys are great. Drive all your drives. I don't give a shit. What I'm trying to get at though is. I don't want to go somewhere to ride down a fucking dirt road. You know, yeah. I'm there to experience what that park has to offer. That's yeah. like the biggest thing is well, what you got to get your money's worth too, especially at Roush exactly. with the prices that, as they are. I mean, I, I understand why they price themselves the way they do, but mm-hmm. if I'm spending $120 to wheel, I'm beating the shit out of my rig. Like, yeah, I get that yeah. too. Um, I don't know if it would, I can't say anything about that because last time I was at Roush, I blew up the first day, but at the absolute <laughs> but it was last a blast. obstacle on the first day, <laughs> and I was giving it the beans. 
Uh, uh, by the way, I have to give you some credit, Dave, because you're not the average JK person. Um, we're, we're sort of we're letting our standards fall here. We had a Jeep truck on, and now we have you on. Gone are the days of the. Are they falling, or are they just getting better? That's that's the no, thing. They're really falling. <laughs> our standards falling. are lowering. Well, we're running out of XJs somehow. Right. Uh, like I told you, I told you one time at Harris Mountain, I was driving a trail. I told you, right? Like, best compliment I ever got. You drive that thing like it's an XJ. Yep. Yep. Because and the reality is, it, like, it's. I've thrown a lot of money at it, and it's built a certain way. Yep. Yep. Right. Like, if if I can't go out and run some hard trails, if I can't go out and heat the tires up, what What's the hell the am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, dude. You know. I've got ten grand into a tin can, but I have a lot of fun with that ten grand in yep. a tin can. Yeah, and that's um, what matters. People have spent more money on uh, sillier hobbies. And on another note about podcast standards falling, it's about to hit rock bottom. We've got a Toyota guy in the works. Oh god! What? Oh god! We're, oh, it's, oh no! It's it can't get much lower than Bronco, here. though. We've already had the Ford oh, off-roaders on. Yeah. Well, they don't even make parts for those things. Haven't we already had a Toyota on the podcast? Who? Uh, Chris doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. Oh, okay, okay. You know, something Toyota there is the cab. At least with the next Toyota. Oh no, the cab's gone now. Oh yeah, you're right. I can't wait to see where that goes. Kind of late to start. Guy we're going to have on has a 22RE. Let's go. Uh, okay, okay. I see yeah. a bit more Toyota there. In that case, do you Hold have on. any questions? Sorry. <laughs> Luke like, just wraps it right Before up. we go into the questions and stuff, just wanted to say, you know, where can we find you on social media if you're putting that out there? Is that something that you... Uh... Yeah. So, again, because I'm a JK owner, I had to name my Jeep because apparently that's like the second thing you do. Other the than the asked. First, you ask, oh, yes, I have that, too. So, <laughs> let me get to that, Graham. Let's talk about vanity plates. Well, we, we have to. This has sort of been Luke's whole thing, is he's got to name the podcast the Swole Boys or some shit, and we need to know so like what the gone. relevance of it is. I know, I know. That's why we were like, you can't name the podcast. So, Cody, I don't know if you know plate. about my vanity plates, but in Massachusetts, you have to kind of come up with reasons and kind of con the DMV into doing it. So I so can't I, get IES and like different lettering. I have to explain why I want that. Yeah, you can be like, well, see, I actually eat ass. So <laughs> on who you get at the in line, you, they might have to actually prove it to them. Wow. Oh my god. So I got oh, forget swole. looking. So my license plate was swole. Yeah. Right? So short for swollen, right? Mm -hmm. the, the thing got big. Yeah. Well, then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking swole is overdone. I put in girthy, and they approved it. <laughs> so if you search, if you search around my social media, you'll see some license plate that say girthy. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Then when we moved to New Hampshire, so like my Jeep is Sully because it's like yep. big and blue and looks intimidating but doesn't scare anybody like Sully the monster. Mm -hmm. Well, I spelled it wrong originally. <laughs> I spelled it Sully, S-U-L-L-Y. Uh-huh. Because I was, again, I didn't know any better. Yeah. Which is a good segue to Alyssa's old license plate. She got F Sully, 
in Massachusetts. And we told the DMV it was because their grandfather, Francis Sullivan, recently passed away. And it was an homage to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> so when I moved to New Hampshire, she got a different plate that's related to hiking. And I got Sully, S-U-L-L-E-Y, yep. which is how Sully the monster spells his name. I never knew that. But everybody s- calls me Sully, and I'm like, I'm not Sully, but no, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went through the DMV or whatever it is up here in New Hampshire, and I looked up a plate, and I'll spell it out for you. I, I looked up C-O-M-P-N-S-8. Compensate? <laughs> he approved it. What? <laughs> because why else would you have a Jeep on 43s? You're clearly compensating. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, and says from the other room can confirm. <laughs> she gave that a Texas size 10 4. <laughs> oh, well, there that we is, go. That is fucking incredible. So your Instagram or so social Instagram media is-, is Sully the Jeep. S U L L E Y the Jeep. Perfect. Facebook, there's Sully the Jeep. There's Dave Linehan. Um, the the pun and, and Cody. I don't know what you know of Alyssa and I, but I graduated college the year she was born. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. So we bought we bought this old house. And I created a Facebook page called This Old Spouse. <laughs> I've been following and, that. And it's me fixing funny. up the house. That's but great. Like, yeah. But it's like, you know, again, and if, if you haven't met us in person, I don't think for real, right? If you have, it was for a minute and a half. Yeah. Oh, I remember Alyssa getting mad at me for getting the sunburn at Badlands. That was hilarious. Yeah. I don't remember but, that. But like... You know, we're wicked lucky. Somehow she puts up with my shit and I put up with hers. <laughs> hey, perfect match. You know, yeah. can't beat that. Uh, but yeah, so, you don't so we're on that. Facebook and uh, again, the age thing, whatever. But like in her phone, I'm programmed in as the millennial because I'm the one that's always on social media. I'm the <laughs> one that's always on Facebook. I'm the one that got my, I got a freaking alumni email address from my college because Facebook only used to allow .edu's in. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> so Tom was my only friend on MySpace, you know? I mean, although I did have a top nine. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, this is just one of those things. Like, I, I used to write blogs in the 90s. It's awesome. That yeah, is that's just always incredible. been your thing. You're just, is this, it's the social, it's... Yeah. who you are as a social you're a little social butterfly i am <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah but uh, you just, know I got, I got i got a lot to say with with nothing that makes any sense no you did absolutely fantastic and i honestly wanted to say thank you very much for coming on it's been very insightful very eye-opening in a whole different aspect of off-roading that we really don't get to see that often yeah, i we mean, don't see any of the jk we're, tech we're stuff fine. Exactly. We're XJ kids and we hang out with other XJ kids. Like it's somehow it worked out really great. And I seriously am very appreciative of you coming on because this has been, I probably shouldn't phenomenal. pump your tires too much, but Alyssa calls you her XJ boys. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> Look, I want to go hang out with my XJ boys. Yeah. <laughs> so do you got any questions for us before we close out? No, I mean, like we're me, going that way. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like, 
and it's not a simple answer, but what made you guys put this together? Like, what was the not. like, what was the original thought? Like, what's what's the mission statement? Why are you doing this? I could give a pretty good answer to this, Luke, if you wanted me. I know this is your baby, but you want me to try to my, try my best. I'll to explain let you it? take a swing at it. <laughs> so this all started out based off of Luke and Richie in their old shop. It was a thing. It was an idea that they had in their in in their heads that they wanted to start a podcast and talk about what they were doing in the shop at the time, and it then slowly progressed to a point where really we, we we sat on here we'd play video games we would drink beer and talk to one another about cherokee stuff or just jeeps in general and really it was just a big excuse for us to just do that some more and actually put it out there and to get people to to see people who would even enjoy it um yeah. uh, it, it, our first few episodes to interject here our first I mean, few episodes were like totally us just like venting all of our jeep knowledge that we didn't stuff that we'd never talk like it's not like you can just go up to somebody and have a conversation about some of this stuff right so for us i mean of all of us being yeah the nerds that we are about a lot of this stuff it 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 sort of started out as just a way for us to uh just dump all that info into something right and then it sort of progressed into you know now we're grabbing guests on and getting their takes on a lot of you know how they got into it how you know knowledge that they've had and we've met a really you know a huge handful of really cool people doing it and it's just gotten more fun as we go. Yeah. And what blows, what blows me away is how some of the, like some of the knowledge just seems intuitive, not intuitive, but like there are some people that are just amazing at this. Yep. And I don't mean the podcast world. I mean the off-road community. Yeah. Like yep. they can take tinfoil and somehow build a buggy. You know, and, it's just, and those it's just, are the people that we try to get. You know, and like when we were first thinking about it, I'm going to be honest, and this is never what was intended, right? It was supposed to be like four dudes kind of just like talking Cherokee stuff and what's going on, like, hey, who's winning KOH and yep. stuff. And, you know, we were just kind of like, you know, it's a lot more fun. Sometimes it's a lot more fun to talk with these people from New England or like across the country that maybe they wouldn't be in this era or area talking about stuff, but they've got so much stuff to talk about. You can have a better conversation with them than you can have just with the four of us talking about what's going on on four little Jeeps in New yeah. England. And now I'm in Tennessee, but it's still like it kind of expanded and we still like to do the just the four hobos and a dumpster fire episodes because those are fun to make but it's also a lot of fun like um i don't know if you listen but i'm not trying to blow smoke up trail trash's ass they were hilarious to talk with all four of the guys that we've talked with there um you know, I'm going to name a couple of people off real quick, but like uh, Chris at Action Fab, Sam, Nick LeBlanc, uh, Jeremy Downs, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but Chris Iashua is actually a hoot. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Jeremy Downs, Hack Bar. It's been great. Like, the, the best thing that I really enjoy about it, like 100% the most, is everybody has a story to tell. And we could just offer them a platform to come on and talk and tell, like, tell me about yourself. And it's awesome because we get to pick their brains on fun things that they're doing. 
technical knowledge on different things or or just life that they've lived kind of like what you spoke about where you get to share your experiences with others when they get into wheeling because you've already lived it you get to help them beat the bullshit that you already went through and that's something that luke offered to me too when i first got into cherokees like he showed me hey don't do it this way do it this way because it makes more sense and we all we get those little pieces from each person that we speak to or we get the adventure stories or hearing about different tires and allowing people to get their own opinions based off of something that we can bring to them it's awesome right and like to and, and to take that same story it's like when we look at my jeep compared to Alyssa's jeep we haven't redone her jeep 12 times we learned we learned everything wrong on my jeep you know and down the road um I don't know if Graham's going to hit this stage, and I'm not saying that to be a dick to Graham, but like he's very, very methodical about his process. So I don't see him going past maybe two rigs for actual wheeling rigs. I think if he builds a buggy, it's going to be like what happened when Timmy pulled his buggy out of the uh, garage, and it's just going to be like, God damn. But I can see Cody going down the path of working on, you know, this rig, the next rig, and then the final rig, similar to what I did. Um, Yeah. I don't know where Kish's path is going to go, because that's his to blaze, and... I don't know know, either. He's got the kid now. He has the kid now. That... That already changes dramatically how it goes. Just wait for him to get big enough, and you'll get old enough that you can, you know, hopefully, uh, if you get bigger and... uh, more swole uh you're not the kid's not gonna be able to pick you up but if you stay skinny you can just have him drag you around the main the main idea is to wait until that special time where richie is big enough and competent enough to just go underneath the jeep without having to lift it to do all the mechanical shit and, you and I'll just stand outside the Jeep handing him the tools. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what you need to do, boy. <laughs> Daddy don't want to you know, get in the ground. <laughs> that's the best part of 43s. Just change the oil in the driveway. Crawl yeah, right can. under. I can sit up underneath there, I think. <laughs> you can bring a computer chair under there and do your oil change. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta drive the freaking WJ up on planks to get an oil change in it. <laughs> Freaking JK, I just roll under with my office chair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I had that issue where I was helping my buddy with his uh, stock Cherokee uh, a couple months oh, they're ago. Low. They're really they're low. So oh low. my god. I, I crawled underneath the thing and I shit you not, I got stuck underneath it. But, you know, he had sagged out suspension and stock tires and I turned underneath it out of my side and I wedged myself and he had to come over and like kick me to get me on wedged. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got 40s and five inches of lift and it's just like, I'm just going to slide under here comfortably on my back. If I want to, I can sit on the tire and do my crank position sensor, just leaned over the fender with like two fingers <laughs> Uh, anyways, let's wrap this up. Yeah, we, yeah we're getting to the get part here. of the program where the battery's dying and we're starving. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty. Sounds good. Somebody ended out. Dave, it was awesome talking to you. Um, keep your MTRs 
uh, keep make sure you get a good batch of MTRs and uh, just run your JKs with 37s with two inches of lift. Don't ask questions on on the forums or not even the forums on Facebook. We'll see Dude, you next don't time. overcompensate, mate.